Hello, beautiful people. It is Feel Good Friday, March 18th, 2022, and this sports show begins right now. Yeah. Hope you all had an incredible St. Patrick's Day and day Woo. one of March. Madness upsets were a plenty. The madness has already begun. It's a glorious time to be alive. We're live 11 to 2 today as I head to Charlotte, North Cackalacka for Smack Dad tonight. I can't wait for it. All the boys are here. The talk's table at Ty Schmidt. At Boston Connor, one half of the hammer. Dad, Cowboys. Tone Diggs is here. Tone, how you doing in your March Madness bets? I was five and three yesterday. Hey, hey. 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 hey, not easy to predict what the hell's going to go on. At Bubba Gumpino in the back, what the other half of the hammer. Dad, Cowboys. How'd you do? I stink right now, Pat. Okay, mm-hmm. good to know. Okay, you'll turn it around. <laughs> But you're, you know, you might stink at picking games right now, but your entire life doesn't stink. Exactly. I would like to tell a tale about a man whose entire life stinks right now. Yeah. Okay? And we uh, put together a little cut-up to further illustrate how potentially just disheartened this one man has to be. And I I have to let everybody know, although this man does have colitis, Mm -hmm. and this man does drink like an absolute booze bag, he happens to be one of the funniest humans on earth. Mm -hmm. And he is currently in the middle of a life-sucking situation. This week has really put a spotlight on his life-sucking. And I would like to remind everybody what has happened. This is all the way from Monday until yesterday for the great Ty Schmidt. He's been one of the best receivers in the NFL for several years now, and he still never really got that big money deal. He's kind of taken a hometown discount to stay with the Packers and keep playing with Rodgers. So, like, it makes perfect sense that he's like, hey, this is bullshit. Like, I've I've kind of I've helped you guys out quite a few times here. It's time that I get broken off. But I'm fully confident that they will get something done by July. Fully confident. Oh. Yeah. How far do you have the Hawks going in your bracket? I haven't win him the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? So you're yeah. going to lose? No, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Hey, yeah, that's what Iowa does. It, no, well, yeah. in years past, that is true. But I tell you what, I've never seen a Hawks team fly like I've seen this team fly this year. I really haven't. Hey, these birds are flapping. These birds are flapping midway through the season, too. I said, listen, I'm done watching these fucking games. Okay, it's the same Iowa team I see every year. You know, a lot of promise. Then they choke. They play terrible in the Big Ten. Then they got hot. Then they won the Big Ten. Whoa. Then they kind of got screwed over with their seating in the tournament. Whoa. Everyone's saying, hey, this draw that they got, don't worry about the five seed. Iowa is primed and poised to go all the way to New Orleans. Kind of scares me. Everybody's saying that, right? That yeah, a little yeah. bit, a yeah. little bit. But they they got the guy. I mean, Garza was good, but he's a post guy. We got we whoa. got one of those whoa, guys whoa, 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 whoa. who, when when you need him to make a shot, you absolutely need a bucket. You got Keegan Murray, and he's putting all the other Hawks underneath his The cool thing about wings. Iowa is they will kick a guy right out and, hey, fuck Luca. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. That Garza, was yeah, just get him out. Boy, the year, That's what you just him. said. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's point guy. Get him out of here. Jersey retired. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, we, we retired the man's jersey a year after Yeah, so left. you never have to talk to him again. No, no, no. No, I love Garza more than most. But listen, it's Keegan's team now, okay? And that team that Garza was on last year, they choked in the second round and got beat when they shouldn't. I, had, I, I have Iowa doing that again this year, by the way. Choking. And, you know, and, and, and that's fair because that is typically what they've done in the past. But this team's different. This team will fly like they have never flown before, and they're going to fly all the way to New they Orleans. Tip- mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about a tie. Mm-hmm. We'll start with the Iowa, and then we'll go into the Devontae news that came out of nowhere. Iowa got fucking beat by the Richmond Spiders yesterday, <laughs> and it was bad. It was oh, yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your Keegan guy that you talked about mm-hmm. being different, I think he had like 10 points. Mm-hmm. What the 21. hell? 
What happened <laughs> to the Iowa Hawkeyes, Ty? I mean, I do this every year with Iowa football and Iowa basketball. You know, ex- if you're an Iowa fan, you know exactly what you're getting. You know what you're getting. And the just working yourself into, oh, well, maybe this year's different. Maybe this year they're going to you know, go to the Final Four and win a national championship. They don't. They just don't. So, I mean, they go ice cold from the field. I just watched them in Indianapolis, and they were hot as hell, which is why I picked them. It wasn't just like a homer thing. It was like, hey, I've, I've laid eyes on the Hawks. They look unbelievable. They're going to do some damage. They choke. They get beat. You know, what are you going to do? That one's, it's okay. Because then Kentucky gets beat later that night. So it's a little bit easier. Yeah, the kind of the shadow. You're in the shadow of the Kentucky downfall. Exactly. And I told Connor that right after the game yesterday. I said, need a higher seed to lose to take a little bit of the heat off the Hawks. Because otherwise it would, it would have been bad. But it's like, you know, whatever. I'll tell you what, then the Devontae Adams thing happens. Oh, and, oh my God. Oh, what a two-piece to yeah, this Ty Schmidt fucking morale That right was there. a real, real kick to the testicles last night when I saw that. You know, I was feeling kind of good from the St. Patrick's Say, Yeah, Iowa lost, but we still got March Madness. There's still a bunch of games to, to watch. I just started pounding whiskey after right. that. Yeah, exactly. And it just like, I mean, I, it was almost like you're going to a funeral because I really didn't think there was any way that he was not going to be a Packer this year. And then you look at it, and it's like, well, they got, they got the 22nd. They got a late first-round pick and a second-round pick for him. It just, you know what? It hurts. It hurts pretty bad. And, you know, I should have known this was going to happen because a lot of good things were happening. You know, Rodgers resigns. Hey, Devontae's coming back. Iowa wins the Big Ten tournament. Mary. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, it's, uh, well, you know, the basement flooded. But outside of that, you know, I mean, that could have been a precursor. But I was just, you know, all these good things are happening. Things are kind of lining up. We're going to have a baseball's back. Here you go. You know, Oh, Iowa wins the Big Ten. Iowa b- wins the Big Ten. And then, boom, you know, it's just like kind of the, uh, the the world just saying, hey, you you shut your mouth and you fucking sit your ass down. Okay, yeah. you've had a you've had a good couple weeks here. Now you need to kind of wallow in your sorrows. Well, for a life while. life has a funny way of doing that. Yeah, you know, it's a humbling yeah, it thing. They it say. really does. We'll be joined by Tom Telesco in about uh, seventeen minutes or so. The general manager for the Chargers. They've been making a lot of moves. JC yeah. Jackson, Khalil Mack. They re-signed Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing it over there. The Chargers are ready to make a run. And with the big news last night about I can't wait to chat with him, by the way. The Chargers faithful was very, very active on the Twitter, too. So mm-hmm. anything that Tom Telesco says will go. And mm-hmm. we're very thankful for his time. He was the guy that got me into the NFL, if you do recall. He told Bill Poling to draft me, basically, and they did. So shout out to TT. Shout out. Shout out. Love what he's doing with the Chargers. Yeah. But in that division, everybody's making moves. Yes. yes. A lot of them. Denver Broncos say, hey, listen, we're going to go get fucking Russell Wilson yep. to be our quarterback. we got a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. We're going to pluck him out of Green Bay, too. Yeah. See you later. Mm-hmm. You're coming in here. How you doing? Keep him moving. We're going to get Russell Wilson. The Chargers are like, all right, we need Khalil Mack. Give us J.C. Jackson, and we're keeping Mike Williams around. Brandon Staley from the Bruce and Linda Staley coaching tree gets another uh, year. Justin Herbert hopefully gets a little bit older. They'll be able to go on a run. In the are absolutely on fire right now. Yeah. Not only to get a whole new coaching staff that mm-hmm. plucks everybody from New England, yeah, basically. What? Can't That's the business. Yeah, exactly. Business. That's, That's the business. Football. Hate That's to break football. it to you. Hey, pick someone else. But Hate to break it to you. But now, with the signing of Devontae Adams to a brand new deal, however big it is, 140-some million, yeah. allegedly Bob Domofsky's reporting that the Green Bay Packers offered either the same or a little bit more money to Devontae. The reason why they would have to offer a little bit more money to make it an equal contract is because Wisconsin has a 7.7% state income tax, where Nevada does not have any at all. So whenever you think 
about 7.7% of money. If it's like $100,000, obviously you can do the math. When it's over $100 million, that's a lot of fucking money that's mm-hmm. potentially just getting given to the state of Wisconsin mm-hmm. as opposed to Nevada. So Wisconsin and the Packers had to make that up for that. And Devontae said, nah, I just want to go play somewhere else. Allegedly, Devontae was a lifelong Raiders fan. Mm-hmm. This is a dream come true. And his college quarterback, college roommate, Derek Carr, is over there. But still, nobody saw this happening because Aaron Rodgers and Devontae mm-hmm. were a tag team that nobody could stop. Aaron and Devontae, literally. It's in yeah. rap songs, and it's a comparison for everybody around the NFL. Maybe Derek Carr and Devontae will be able to do the same damn thing. But how does Aaron Rodgers feel mm-hmm. about this? Mm-hmm. Allegedly, he was on board and knew about this. Yeah. Who the fuck's he throwing the ball to? <laughs> I know Lazard's a stud. MVS, what? He's still a free agent out yeah. there. Yeah. Big Bob Tunyon's still a free agent mm-hmm. out there. Big Dog's still a free agent mm-hmm. out there. Who's he throwing the rock to? I know he's getting paid. He's come back. He did a salary cap friendly deal because he wanted more people to be there. What the hell is going on with the Green Bay? Who is Aaron throwing the ball to? Aaron Jones the entire mm-hmm. time? Odell Beckham Jr. is still available. Yeah. Jarvis Landry's still mm-hmm. available. Randall Cobb just restructured his contract down to a million or two million or whatever. But this is interesting times for Green Bay Packers fans. And I know it was a kick to the nuts after a gut punch from the Hawkeyes oh, yeah. yesterday. Oh, yeah. But now that you've gotten to kind of sober up after house and whiskey and green beer all day, mm-hmm. I mean, actual thoughts, like who the fuck is he throwing the ball to? That That is a very... Jordy Nelson running around in the phone. Ooh, yeah. bring well, him back. Antonio Brown. Oh. Juju. Oh. Hey. Wow. Business will be booming in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be able to do some magical <laughs> stuff yeah. up there. Aaron and Antonio Brown would be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster is still out there, I yeah, guess. Exactly. T.Y. Hilton's still available. I mean, I guess there's a lot of wide receivers available, but goddamn, yeah. top two, not two. Devontae Adams gone is a out of – I mean, I came out of left field. I was working out. I get back to my phone. The group text has 35 text messages in it, and I'm like, what the fuck? <clears throat> and I open it up. I'm like – Holy shit. That's yeah. literally my first thought. I think I'd assume, I don't know how long Schefter or Rappaport or any of these insiders knew that this was happening. Did Aaron know this was coming? Yeah. I guess that's for the next time we get to talk to him. I did not reach out to my source Sis. to see the exact thoughts because I have not been reached out to by source. Sis. And that's how the relationship goes there. Mm-hmm. But that has to be an interesting building right now. What the fuck are they going to do? Devontae, massive piece of that offense. Third and whatever. Good chance it's going to Devontae. Yep. Need a play? Yeah. Good chance it's going to Devontae. Oh, shit. Devontae's down there somewhere. Aaron, very, very talented. Yeah. And maybe Devontae was, you know, sick of all the conversation about off-the-field stuff happening with Aaron, which, by the way, Aaron, I think Aaron's also sick of. He, mm-hmm. he mentioned that. Maybe he just wanted to get out there, and maybe he always wanted to be a Raider. But, God damn, this is a wild scene for the backers. Yeah, it really didn't. I mean, like— Honestly, did not expect. I would imagine that Rodgers had to have known about this and been kind of in because you don't just fucking trade his top guy who's arguably the best wide receiver in the league after re-signing him. Like that just that would completely destroy all the goodwill that they've built up in the last season. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned it like there's still a couple guys out there and it's weird because the way the receiver market has been, I I don't I can't see the Packers going out and overpaying for kind of two guys who are left right now. I think they'll kind of wait and see, but Rodgers in the past has, I mean, he's so good that like who they have in house, he will obviously like just how good he is elevates their play and he can make guys unbelievable. But you also like, no, he's done it before, but you, you need to go get like, 
And with the way receivers <laughs> come into the league now, and guys oh, are yeah, good right. quicker, like they, so, who knows? First. Like, yeah, you get like a guy like Olave from Ohio State. Like, he's kind of the. Uh, but you know, like everyone who's left right now is kind of just a guy who's going to play in the slot, and they they basically already have that in Lazard and and Cobb. It's like they need a guy on the outside. They need a dude, and at this point, maybe Jordan uh, Davis. Jordan Davis, yes, from put Georgia. Him yeah, put him oh, out that's there. Smart. Six six three forty one. Yeah, who's sweet. gonna Who's gonna be able to stop him? Jet sweep. I was looking at the free agent list. Maybe a guy like Will Fuller, who you know didn't play a lot last year in Miami because he was hurt, but he was good in the past. Yeah, and he, he got hurt a little bit before. Yeah, that. no thanks. And but we'll him. see. They have four picks in the uh, top sixty now, so maybe they bundle those and go and trade for a, an existing guy. But if you're going to do something like that, I don't know why you wouldn't just do whatever you could to sign Devontae. Like it, it is kind of just mind boggling. It really is. Like it's it's hard to. I did not see myself or the Packers being in this situation to day of all days so it's uh, it's a feel good friday it's yeah a, it's a feel good friday sure sure but things are you know feeling pretty dour over here i'll be honest with you They're looking up connor that was i mean that's a massive piece they go from uh the odds go from like minus 220 to minus 185 or something mm-hmm. like that to win the division so Devonte adams is a needle mover oh yeah remember carson went signed with the commanders their odds stayed the exact same Nothing he's changed. the quarterback he's getting the ball every single play didn't get worse, which I guess is good, but it didn't get better. Devontae leaves the Packers. The odds drop a little bit for them to win the division. It's a big deal. That's a playmaker. And by the way, he's like, what, the greatest route runner they say. He doesn't even yeah. use his hands. He just gets wide open. His catch radius is huge. He makes plays all the time. Ah, that's tough stuff. I, I'm a Packers fan, too, now. Yeah. You, know? you said it, too. Like on th- He accounted for like 50% of their offense last year. Like 50% of like their total offense came from Devontae Adams. So like replacing that isn't just like uh you know give me two fucking jimmies and joes and they can do what he did like it's it's not like that so it, it really is like okay well you know if you had this plan in place like i can't imagine this was part of it so we'll see what they do now they they need to but how many fingers on that whiskey last night oh are you kidding me i mean i'm feeling it to the top you know so basically you can dunk a whole, whole fist in there <laughs> and then just yeah. you know a little dri- little drip of diet coke and let's go well, that's, that's because at the basketball games, you were just drinking all diet. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No kind of need to, you know, shift the tables back in my I balance. I mean, Iowa stinks. Devontae's gone. It's terrible. Golden, Fucking bad day for Golden old Knights. Iowa. Golden Golden Knights. Knights. They're, dead. They're dead. They did win last night. Beat the red-hot Florida Panthers. So Jackie Aces maybe, got hurt. Yeah. Jackie Aces is I'm kind of out on Jackie Aces anyway. We need fucking Stoner back. So okay. I'm tired of hearing about Jackie Aces. Let's see if you got that Peachtree hat on. Yeah, maybe we'll get some Deshaun news today. <laughs> you know? Hey, all right. Feel good Friday. Everybody immediately said, well, the Colts should go try to get Aaron Rodgers because there's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to be happy. Sure. And even though he signed a five-year, $186 million deal, we could pay for that all this year if we wanted to. Yeah, easy. That ain't no problem here for the Something Indianapolis about. Colts. But I'm not sure because then the report said that Aaron was on board the entire time. Yeah. Could you – this is – Right, whenever they fired a couple uh, wide receivers up there in New England, Tom mm-hmm. got pissed, right? Oh, yeah. That was like one of the things that kind of separated it all. Now, Devontae allegedly decided that he wanted to go somewhere else. That's the reports. We don't know until we hear from Devontae or hear from anybody else. This is just all hearsay and reporting, and the journalists got to do their job. Sure. Mm-hmm. Bob Domofsky typing with an iPhone, by the way, were to weird. It pisses me off, too, Bob. Yeah. It was in the middle of your tweet that is pretty large in there. Mm-hmm. But that is something you would think that could potentially piss off a quarterback. Like, hey, how do we lose this guy? He said he doesn't want to live in Green Bay for six months. He wants to go to Vegas. Oh, well, I get it. Sure. Makes sense. Yeah. We yeah. all get it. You know, because in December, 
Lambeau's got like two feet of snow. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. freezing cold. In December in Vegas, it's like 65. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. 75. 70 degrees, Perfect. You know, summer. beautiful. Say. There's no state income tax nope, there. It's pretty nice. It's a team he was a fan of growing up. Yeah, uh-huh. Which I did not know. His quarterback college roommate. quarterback yeah. roommate. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of things that potentially Green Bay was working against. But Just built a new house out there. Just built a house. Yeah, just bought a house yeah, next yeah. to Derek yeah. Carr's uh-huh. house. Is that in the same uh, neighborhood as Max Crosby, you think? Probably. Maybe. Maybe. That's a good... Good neighborhood. Oh yeah. my god, that's a good neighborhood. Mark yeah. Davis gave him his PS five. Like, it, I mean, there's a lot of things that Devontae Adams, you know, is getting set up with in Vegas. But I mean, we were talking about how th- their chemistry, and I think Aaron actually said this. I thought he had a uh, Game Boy. He's got that too, but he would never yeah, Game Boy ever give that thing away. He's like, that's a first gen. Okay, so he he would not part with that thing. It's gonna be worth a billion dollars someday. Probably buy his franchise back with it. But when uh, the Packers played the Vikings. Um, Aaron talked about how it was like a broken play, but him and Devon, Devontae looked at him and he ran a different route and scored a touchdown. Like it's not even just the back shoulder stuff. It's like how smart of a player he is on the field too. And I mean, is this the most like aside from the quarterback? Is Devontae Adams leaving the Packers like the most devastating, uh, devastating, uh, important position to lose? Like I think so. Because uh, even with like fifty percent of their offense, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. even with Khalil Mack, like Khalil Mack, unbelievable no, defender. But he doesn't have the impact on a game that no. Devontae Adams is like. No one. Well, really he could. Does. It depends what Khalil Mack sure. is. Yeah. Sure. Khalil Mack first year in Chicago. Yeah, remember, he was twenty sixteen game record doing whatever the hell he wanted. Now maybe he'll do that again with the Chargers because he's got both on the other side. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're able to both eat. But I think a good defensive end who is a game record could potentially be the same amount of importance of losing or gaining to your team. But Devontae Adams with the Green Bay Packers. There, remember the defense for the Green Bay Packers. Opportunistic, much better than they have been in the past. Yeah, for sure. But with that being said, the offense had to score basically every single possession. And the ball was going to Devontae all the time. As somebody who became a Packers fan the last couple of years, anytime you needed to play, it was like, oh, Aaron's going to Devontae. Mm-hmm. Aaron to Devontae. Aaron to Devontae. Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase. Hey, they might be the next Aaron and Devontae. Like that became like the conversation piece. So them breaking up is just, I would like to know what the hell Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh. thoughts are on that. Devastated. Do you think Devontae told him? Like, hey, I, I'm leaving. Like, I don't want to be here. Or do you think he saw it on the internet? Well, no. Or, like, the front <laughs> office came in to Aaron and said, hey, Devontae just told us. he's Like, I was, I'm was, i interested because it said he found out this week, right? Like, he was made aware of it this week. Like, there's not there's not a lot that Aaron could do if Devontae doesn't want to be there. Yeah. Except for, say, well, if Devontae's not here, I'm not here either. Trade me the Colts. Yeah. That would be awesome. You can't afford the whole contract. How'd you do, Ty? I mean, at this point, if that happened, I'd just go walk out in front of a city bus. I really would. After there are bit. bad drivers around here. They are. Well, Colt- I don't know if they'd hit you. <laughs> might have made it, actually. But, uh, God, Colts might I be hope the only that's place with the less wide receivers, though, than the Packers. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, the same wide receivers that are available for the Packers now? True. Available yeah. for the Colts. That's a good Bingo. point. That's if also we get a quarterback, point. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in – Aaron said this last year, and everybody was like, oh, this arrogant prick, but it's real. He's like, you think people are traveling to Green Bay and saying, hey, I want to live in Green Bay? No, they're coming to play for with me and with this team or whatever. Aaron can still you know, recruit, hopefully, some of these free mm-hmm. agents that might be a little bit more difficult for the Colts to recruit because you know we don't have a quarterback or Indianapolis isn't necessarily a desirable hotspot yet. 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 Yeah, city is growing. Like a weed. Yeah. Yeah, making all really good decisions, too, financially. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Weeds are cool. Cleaned up all the poop. Poop's clean. Bums yeah, are well, damn near gone. Took all the 
the wood off the windows for that were on there yeah. for like nine, ten months. <laughs> Long time. In the middle of downtown Indianapolis. We yep. look like a we literally look like a movie town. Yeah. Like the purge. The the town looked like the purge. Downtown Indianapolis oh, yeah. looked like the purge for mm -hmm. eight, nine, Long ten time. months. I mean, it looked like it was out of a movie. So yeah. Zombies walking around, pooping their pants, mm -hmm. dropping them off in the middle of the town. Then windows, buildings that used to be beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, they got ransacked and lit on fire and burned during the riots and everything. We're not going to fix those, though. No. no. Oh, those. And then uh, a great graffiti artist got a hold of some of them. Terrible graffiti artists got a hold of some other ones. Right. It's like those will stick around. Like, hey, Banksy, stick around, do whatever you got to do. But this old slapdick with a spray paint can need him not to yeah. ever touch any of the wood that's downtown. Can't have it. Hey, get your fucking ass on a railroad track. All right. You, <laughs> yeah. There's levels to this graffitiing. Okay. Mm -hmm. We don't need you downtown Indianapolis. Do it the old fashioned way. Go get underneath a bridge where nobody sees it. That's right. We don't need you on this wood downtown Indianapolis. But with that, all that being said, all cleaned up. It's all cleaned up. Lucas Oil is gorgeous. Back. We're hosting the top golf thing yeah. being built downtown. It's not it's top, top golf. golf. It's, it's top back golf. nine or something like that, nine. which is a top golf knockoff, but I don't care. It's going to be uh, awesome, yeah. I think, right down here. We got fucking March Madness happening downtown. Yeah. Conventions. The combine was back. Yeah. Conventions are back. The city's all the way back. Come on and play in Indianapolis if you happen to be a quarterback that's pretty good. Be awesome. That'd be great. You crush. Still so bomb no, 10, though. Uh, what's that? Still bomb 10. Bottom 10 months. Of cities to choose out of all the other ones, I think. Whoa. Whoa. Z. What? See, this guy. Z. I get Chicago is once nice. All right. Once. Once. I've watched a lot of documentaries on the city that you hail from. Still thriving, though. I know there's a big dick contest going on up there. Oh, yeah. All right. I don't know how it's all going down. I don't know who's got the biggest dick up there, but I've heard it's been a big dick contest for quite some time. Chicago's gorgeous. Beautiful. Okay. It's a beautiful city, as is Indianapolis. We really make it your home. But if you're not good at football, they will let you know about it. Oh, yeah. Because good football has been around here for a long time. Let's talk a little bit about football. And let's talk about the NFL having all the control in every situation. And this is something that everybody needs to understand that although we played football as kids, in the backyard, in the street, maybe high school pickup, whatever. And it was just love of the game. And fans, love of mm -hmm. the game. The NFL is a business, 1,000%. So whenever we talked about the Baker Mayfield situation, whenever Baker Mayfield said, I won't be traded. And they said, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> there is nothing Baker can do. If Baker's just going to sit out, cool. He hasn't been made rich yet. He does have money. I guess he is rich. He's not wealthy yet. Cleveland Browns don't care if he just sits out. All right, yeah. that's on you. You're losing your money and your opportunity to become a player somewhere else. And do you think anybody's going to sign you after you hold out for a year, after the football you put on film, and with everything you've got in your past? The, the Cleveland Browns have all the leverage. I understand we're in a player leverage mm -hmm. world, and players have a lot more leverage than they do. The Browns have all the leverage in that situation, although we're pulling for Baker. Hey, yeah. Baker. Good luck, Baker. We hope it all works out. Another thing, Matt Ryan was supposed to get a $7.5 million bonus today. The Atlanta Falcons said, nah, you get that on Tuesday. All right? Oh. We're not mm. giving it to you on Friday. We'll push that to Tuesday. Because they are waiting the weekend, I guess, Deshaun Watson's taking the weekend to decide where he wants to end up, where he wants to go. So everybody just assumes, okay, if Atlanta's delaying a $7.5 million bonus, which... <clears throat> I don't know how they're allowed to do that. Yeah. Just real quick. I don't know how they're allowed to do that. I assume there's something in there where it's like, hey, we control the money that you get, whether you like it or not. We can just move that from Friday to Tuesday. Do you like it? Do you not like it? We don't care. The next team's going to have to pay you this deal that we gave you that was absurd. It was like a hundred and some million dollars. So Matt Ryan's getting his money on Tuesday from either the Falcons or whatever team he ends up on. You would have to assume if Atlanta's doing that, they're waiting it out mm -hmm. and doing this whole thing, that they feel very good about Deshaun coming to Atlanta, which means Matt Ryan's probably coming to the Indianapolis. 
Indianapolis Colts. Okay. It's kind of how people are piecing it together. If he goes to the Saints, which a lot of people say he is going to, I guess then there's even more question marks on the board. But it is a wild time in the NFL. Speaking of a wild time in the NFL, there's one team that's been making a lot of plays this offseason. A man that brought me into the NFL, who I am eternally grateful for, now the general manager for the Los Angeles Chargers. Brought in Khalil Mack on a trade. JC Jackson, how you doing? Keep it moving. Coming to Los Angeles. Mike Williams, we're locking you down. Very active, very talented squad that he has built. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Telesco. Tom, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, we're trying to break down the entire situation that's going on, and I don't want to ask you about how you can just say, hey, a $7.5 million bonus that's due on Friday. Ah, you get that on Tuesday now. I'm assuming there's some sort of litigation in there. Let's talk about what you've been doing. Very active this offseason, Tom. It's been awesome to watch. How come? Appreciate it. Is this new for you? Is this standard for you? Did you see a lot of opportunity? Why do you think you've been so active, and uh, what do you think you've really added to the squad with these great players? Yeah, you know, each year is a little bit different just based on where your football team is, where your resources are, what the circumstances are at that time. So this year, um, yeah, we had more cap space than usual. I think when you have, you know, obviously we have Justin Herbert on a rookie contract. Our left tackle is on a rookie contract. So that will open up some space for us. Uh, So that was big. And then um, at least going into free agency, we were uh, the smallest amount of dead cap money in the league going into free agency. So that opens up some space there. And then you know, we got 20 draft picks over last year and this year. So a lot of resources for this year. And I uh, want to make sure we use that. So that enabled us to go after a Cleo Mack um, that we think is going to be a great fit to sign a J.C. Jackson, make some other moves. Um, you know, try and get this team going. Hey, not normal for you. Right? By the way, congrats on all this. Yeah, yeah. Because the lack of dead cap space is because of the deals that you've put together. And the amount of draft picks that you have is because of the decisions that you and your team have made over the years. So you've put yourself into a great spot here with the salary cap climbing. Is this something you continue to, you, you see yourself continuing to do? Or is it just as need? Like J.C. Jackson was going to be top dollar, but he was linked yes. to you guys early. Like, hey, the Chargers are getting J.C. Jackson. And for me, because you come from the Polian tree, because of how you've operated, like that doesn't sound like something Tom Telesco would do. So you love JC on the on the film, and we're like, hey, this is a guy who puts us over the hump if we get him in our in our secondary. Yeah, you know, I mean, as we build the team, I mean, we want to draft and draft well. We'd like to resign our own players where we can, but you can't just do it that way. We have to supplement that with free agency. Um, but it kind of depends on where you are with your football team. We had a lot of space this year, so we're able to use that. Um, we'll see where we are next year, but with with JC Jackson. You know, he really fits the style that we need in the secondary right now. And then obviously last year when Brandon Staley came in, the new staff came in, it's hard to transition everything on one year on both sides of the ball. Last year we hit the offense pretty hard. This year we're trying to transition the defense a little bit. JC has those man cover skills that we really need out of corner. He's got tremendous ball skills. He turns the ball over consistently, which is big. Um, Yeah, so that was a big money signing. Um, I might have to dip in your FanDuel money to try and get that done, um, but uh, it, was, it was good. We needed that. No, I might have to dip into the FanDuel money to get some Colts. <laughs> see that. They have all the money in the world, and we ain't doing nothing. The patience is a virtue until you miss everything, but that's not. it's not about that, okay? It's about the Chargers right now. You talked about last year and Brandon Staley, how you invested in the offense, and now you're invested in the defense, and last year was a disappointment, I assume, for everybody in the building, but what were realistic expectations for Brandon Staley's first year as a head coach you have a guy quarterback you have a lot of stars on your team so all the fans are going to expect hey we need a super bowl or bust what did you see last year and what were your expectations going in with brandon staley as a coach and the team that you guys had 
I mean, expectations are always to, to make the playoffs, and, and that's what it was last year. And, you know, we were in mid-December last year playing Kansas City for the division lead, um, and we lost, like, even mid-December, which was, which was tough. Um, it felt like a playoff game. It was a great atmosphere, but we lost that game and just didn't have enough down the stretch. We just didn't finish well last year. So, um, But, look, it's, it's a process. I knew that going into last year. Uh, completely new staff, new offense, new defense. Um, so there is a transition period involved there, but we think we're getting closer there. And you see, our division is unbelievable right now. We're all chasing Kansas City. You know, Denver makes a move with Russell Wilson. We make a move with Khalil Mack. The Raiders make a move with Devontae Adams. Luckily, we signed J.C. Jackson. So, um, you know, we're all just trying to keep up with each other and trying to go after Kansas City. Yeah, the AFC West has become, you know, the division with all eyes on it, which is probably right where you want to be. Russell Wilson said, I want to play against the best. There's a story about Charlie Casserly, I believe, drafting Mario Williams over Reggie Bush. And he did that because Peyton Manning was the quarterback for the Colts. And he said, listen, you guys want Reggie Bush. I want to beat the Colts because they're in our division. How much of that is in the planning? Because I feel like that is a great example of, like, if you win the division, you get into the playoffs. How much are you thinking about the division? And every single day when you wake up and see a brand-new signing in the AFC West, is it just like, ah, shit, all right, we got to go in here and do this again? Is it bringing out the best in everybody, and is that what you have to focus on? Yeah, I mean, high water raises all boats, and that's really what it is. I mean, competition brings out the best in everybody. Um in our division, I mean, it's it's tough, and we know that um, the teams that come out of our division will be very well battle tested. So, um, but yeah, certainly when you build your football team, you have to look at your division opponents. Those are six games; they're, they're very important games. Obviously, there's eleven others that we have to get after too. But yeah, there's no doubt you have to look at your division, how you match up with those teams, how they match up with us as well. Um, and what you're seeing right now, I mean, there's a lot of talent in the AFC, AFC West. Um, but you know, like I said, that that brings out the best in all of us. Hey, how bad did you hate Brandon Staley just hating kickers all year? <laughs> you know what I mean? How bad did you? No, we got a chance to chat with him, obviously, and he was great. He's always been great on our show, and I assume he's great on the day-to-day. I don't know him as well as you or anybody in that building. But him saying, like, yeah, once we got Dustin Hopkins, though, I mean, we started kicking a little bit. We we're He's a big, like, hey, my guys are better than your guys. And those fourth down plays where Herbert seemed to come alive, I mean, he was like five for six or something yeah. like that in fourth quarters or fourth downs and big-time plays. How did you, did you know that's the style of coach he was going to be and how many did you have to have conversations during the year like hey are we doing this all year like how was that because he was changing the game I mean that was changed it was the topic of discussion everywhere what were your thoughts on his aggressiveness and his aggressive style yeah I mean number one I trust him um you know when he goes into these games he he has a model put together how he wants to attack that game um Dustin Hopkins did a great job for us he came in stabilized that kicking position kicked very well for us we're lucky enough to resign him uh but, you know, a little bit of that mentality is is when you go for it on fourth down in the scoring zone, it's not so much that we could have three. It's more with the mentality of, you know, if, if we go for it here, if we are, if we kick a field goal, we're giving up potentially four points, um, you know, with the quarterback we have and the offense we have. So it certainly wasn't a lack of confidence in Dustin. Dustin did a great job. But uh, Brandon has a very aggressive mindset in the right situations that's not reckless. You know, these are well thought out. Um, to try and put an extra four points on the board um, or get a closer field goal. So um, we're lucky to have Dustin, um, but, you know, the less we use him, the better. Hey, or so, for kickoffs and for field goals, right? Hey, and extra points. Yeah, hey, you – extra points. Hey, listen, <laughs> you're up in that booth, though, 
And some of those calls, you're watch, you're telling me that there isn't like, oh, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't, yeah. I would assume you're in your suit up there, like, all right, I, I, I trust them. I like what we're doing, and if it works out, just like any fake, anytime you go for it, if it works out, you're a genius. If it doesn't, yep. you're an idiot. So I assume there's, you know, a, a multitude of both of those things. But just the thought of you sitting in the booth in the suit, just being like, ah, oh, again, we're doing this. Like that, that is. I don't wear, I don't wear ties. In anymore pat i can't handle that so <laughs> no but it's, it's all probability based you know even if it's an 80 percent you know success rate obviously 20 percent of the time it's not going to work um but it shows that his confidence in the defense to get the ball back um but you know it's an aggressive mindset we're okay with that it's kind of our identity um, it's good to have an identity, and that's ours right now. Yeah, it's an explosive and electrifying style of play and i think brandon staley even talked about that like hey when you watch us play like it's a it's a you know what you're gonna get. Yeah, it's a yeah. fun style of football. Like you're gonna enjoy it, and that pivots into the conversation about Los Angeles as a whole. And Brandon Staley talked about, hey, we're just trying to win for our team, and everybody knows in the end, if you win, the fans will come. Every team has bandwagon fans. Okay, bandwagon fans show up whenever your team's having mm-hmm. success, and when your team stinks, they find different avenues to utilize their money and their emotions. You can't blame them for that. In Los Angeles, with the Rams winning the Super Bowl in L.A., now you guys making all these plays. Is that something? you have to think about in the back of your mind about building a brand out there in LA and making this team better and having to win or is it just the AFC West is good and you just have to worry about yourselves no it certainly enters the the conversation I mean 1A is to win we all know that but 1B is we want to entertain we want to play a fun brand of football we don't want to play these 13 10 games where you grind it out you run the ball and you play good defense even though Brandon's a defensive coach but we want to play an exciting brand of football. We want to have some stars out there. We want to have fun with this. And that's, that's part of it. Um, it's part of being in Los Angeles uh, with the fan base. You know, we're, we're building this really fan by fan at this point. Um, we saw huge gains this past year at the stadium. Um, our season ticket renewals are, are, are doing outstanding. So hey, that's I think what people like about. what they see. Yeah. Um, but we want, to, you know, we want to have fun. I think our players enjoy that. Our players are engaged with that sort of philosophy and that sort of aggressive mindset and have that identity. And, um, you know, that, that's what we're after. What did you see from Justin Herbert this last year that makes you excited for another year with him being comfortable, confident? He doesn't seem to be rattled ever. Like, it seems like he is just the same guy and he has that fight. What do you expect from him next year? And what did you see from him this past season, maybe that we couldn't see on the field? Yeah, I think the biggest thing this year was his preparation skills during the week. Um, I think his first year as a rookie, you're just trying to survive. Um, but he really learned this second year how much work goes into in the building, uh, watching film, being in the quarterback room uh, with Easton Stick and, and Chase Daniel, working with his coaches, um, the work he puts in on the field. So it's just growing up as a quarterback. He's still really young. Uh, I was just talking to him yesterday. And, and, I mean, he's two years in the NFL. So um, he's still learning the game and learning what teams are trying to do to counter him. Um, but he just did tremendous last year. Like you said, I mean, his mentality is the same in the first quarter on first and 10, and it is on fourth and 18 in the fourth quarter on a game we have to win to get in the playoffs. It's the same mindset. It's the same level-headedness, which is great to have in a leader. Uh, he doesn't panic, in the, doesn't panic in the huddle, doesn't panic in the pocket. You know, those, those qualities are hard to find. Tom, do you have to think about his contract whenever you're doing stuff? Because that's, I mean, I mean, I don't. Like really, I said, I need that FanDuel money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the FanDuel, our, our next deal, maybe, but I don't know if this deal is. It's a lot, but for the quarterbacks and where the salary cap is yeah. headed with these platforms that are getting Amazon's in, Apple's going to come. Let's assume Google's going to come, and the money is just like 
fake it, it is and with the way the salary cap is now with how you can kick things down the road do you have to think about all that do you have to adjust to all these while you're signing people now because herbert's yes. going to command a lot of money because he is one of one that case. yes absolutely you have to that's part of my job is building in 2023 24 25 kind of projecting where the salary cap may go and knowing we've got justin herbert coming up we have derwin james coming up so we have to have space to resign you know, these core football players are going to be here a long time. So, yeah, that, that always enters into every decision we make, um, signing right now, a free agent, even draft as far as projecting out. We have to have that in mind with Justin Herbert, Derwin James, and some others as well. So when you see, like, Christian Kirk make the money that he's making and you see, like, Devontae just signed to do mm-hmm. Now, Devontae is – Devontae McKeenan's a fucking guy. Whenever you see some of these deals that are getting made around the league, do you send text messages? Like, what the hell – are you guys doing? What, <laughs> is that something? Because then automatically the rest of the market gets set too, right? And you guys kind of have to fall in line. Do you have conversations with others around the league or is it just something you have to monitor? You know, we monitor it. Not really. I mean, I'm sure we, we make some moves that people say, you know, what are they doing? It, it, that's the way it kind of works. But, you know, the, the right as long as you scout the player and evaluate the player the right way, if you get a good player, yeah, maybe sometimes the contract doesn't line up. If you get a, If you get the right player, and he plays the way you think he's going to play, then everything usually works out. So Christian Kirk's a, a really – he's an excellent football player, returner, play in the slot, outside. He's a really good player. Um, but, yeah, we, we all make moves. I know we've made moves here where people look at us and say, what are they doing? But, hey, that's just part of it. There's 32 different teams, 32 different philosophies, opinions. Um, so that's just the way it works. Jerry Jones said it. Everything in my life that's been worth it, people have told me I've overpaid for. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's a. I think he was talking about his stadium at the time and the team mm-hmm. at the time and everything like that. It's real, you know, because the value is in the person that's writing the check. That is who decides what somebody is worth. But the market gets set there, and it also might be taxing to go some other places. Has L.A. become a place that you've used like? To attract a lot of players like Odell Beckham Jr. and Vaughn Miller. They went to the Rams because, you know, everybody said they had houses there. They loved Los Angeles. Are you finding the same thing? It's much easier to get players that want to come to Los Angeles and to the Chargers if you, uh, as opposed to maybe like Indianapolis or a team that has been on the rocks for a while like Jacksonville? You know, I don't know if it's the location, but I think part of it's just the players that we have. I think having Justin Herbert helps a lot. I think having Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and I think. Players, they want to go where they have a chance to win and contend and, and, and you know, win a Super Bowl. So I think, obviously, I th- think the location here helps, but I really do think it's more about the players we have right now and the head coach that we have and, you know, the mentality and aggressiveness and identity that we have. I think it's probably a little bit more. But, you know, when you have Derwin James here um, and Bosa and Mack, you know, some defensive guys, hey, I want to play with this group of guys. You know, I can make money anywhere. The money's going to be relatively the same in a lot of places, but I want to play with this group of players. So that's what I've kind of seen certainly this year. Has Ballard called you about potentially sending Herbert to Indy or no? Ooh. I'll pick up a lot of calls. I'm not picking up that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, we don't have a quarterback. I don't know if you know that. We actually, <laughs> we actually do not have a quarterback uh, right now. Do you pay attention to everything going on around the NFL, or are you too focused on you right now in this free agency period? No, I mean, you're always, you're always monitoring the whole league. You know, on a daily basis, certainly the, certainly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where players are going, how much, you know, what their contracts are. But, yeah, you're constantly monitoring the league and watching what's going on and talking to people. Um, obviously, we get kind of focused on what we have to do, but you can't help but to watch what everybody else is doing. Khalil Mack trade. You guys just get, kind of get like a, a little birdie that says, hey, Khalil might be on the block, and then you kind of snoop around and then big poles 
in one of his first moves as general manager, former player, do they reach out to teams? Do you reach out? Is there like a, a do you guys all have a, a group text? It's like, hey, we're thinking about trading this. How does one of those types of moves go? Because that came out of nowhere. Yeah. That came out of nowhere for a lot of us. I assume your world much differently. Yeah, I mean, it, it came together pretty quick. I mean, you have general conversations with GMs a lot. You know, sometimes if, you know, if you don't ask, you don't know. So, you know, you ask and, you know, maybe there's some interest there. And um, once we figured out on both sides that there was a good amount of interest, it, it, it went pretty quick. It wasn't something we had planned going in early in the offseason. Um, but when it presented itself, something that we felt like, hey, this can really help the defense um, to have Joey Bosa on one side, Khalil Mack on the other. Not a lot different different styles, obviously, but similar to Freeney and Mathis that, that we had in Indianapolis uh, to make people really respect both sides, two premium rushers. And so, uh, yeah, something we, we jumped on, you know, pretty quick. So whenever you're in that, in, are you constantly trying to figure out what the value of each pick is that you're going to trade or something like, like if a Khalil Mack comes available, this is what we'd be willing to give up for him. Is that, is that just like a constant? Yeah. Because everybody says you won that by the way. So shout out. Hey, yeah. shout out. Good trade. Boy, I mean, we'll find out, I guess we'll find out in the end. Nobody really knows who wins, but are you constantly trying to figure out who's worth what, or is that kind of happen in the moment and you just have to go by feel? It's a little bit of both as, you know, in this situation, you know, how badly do you want the player? I mean, sure, I'd rather, you know, trade them a fourth and a fifth, but I know that's not going to get it done. So, um, yeah, you go those, through those conversations. You try and come up with the value of the picks of the player. But in, in reality, realistically, can you really come up with that? No, you really can't. So some of it's just feel. Um, you know, they, you know, you got to figure out what, what do they want and can we do that or not? And it's the same thing with the draft when we trade draft picks pick for pick. I mean, yeah, I know we've put some value on it. We do a lot of, a lot of studies to see how much each pick is worth. Do we really know exactly how much that pick's worth? No, it's basically how badly do you want to move up? How badly do you want to trade back? So there are some emotions involved in that, but uh, I think this just, this trade, it worked for us, it worked for them. We won't know till way down the line who won the trade. I don't really care who won the trade. I only care about the player that we got. I don't really worry about what we gave up. Um, but we're excited to add, add Khalil now as a player. But what's nice about that move is we're training for a player that our head coach, I know it was only one year with Chicago, but he worked with him for a full year. So he knows him not only as a player, we can watch the tape and see him as a player. He knows him as a teammate, how he's going to fit in the locker room, how he fits in the scheme, which is the same scheme. So that's very helpful. So that's when you make this move, you feel better about it, more comfortable about it because you know – that our head coach and our defensive line coach worked with this player. So you're on the phone, you hang up, and you're like, we just got Khalil Mack for a bag of balls. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Is there a celebration? Is there an entire, like, or is it just, hey, we got to move on to the next one? Are you calm, cool, collected? But that's like a home run in the general manager world, right? Like that's Super Bowl for you. I'll tell you what, in our business, it's like you're moving on to the next move. I walked down the hallway, I walked to Granny's office, and I said, hey, we got him. I gave him a fist pump. He looked at me like, we got who? I said, we got Khalil. It's all set. I gave him a fist pump, and I walked out, you know, move on to the next move. Now, he was a little more excited, I think. <laughs> you know, you're, you're always thinking about the next thing, especially at that point because we hadn't started free agency yet. So, you know, we got Khalil coming on. We got his contract coming on. So now we get, you know, it did change how we're going to attack free agency because, um, like I said, the Mac thing kind of came together pretty quick at the end. 
So there's waves to this free agency. Obviously, the legal tampering period starts on Monday, and it feels like a lot of deals kind of get done then. And then Wednesday at 4 o'clock, you have the press conferences of all the players, and there's some more signings. Then it's kind of fallen off a little bit and kind of died down. Do you see you guys being done? Are you always working? And when do you see more moves being made? Are some of these veteran guys choosing to kind of wait till teams kind of go through the draft and maybe do it later? What is your feel on when the rest of this trade uh, whole – or not free agency? period might continue yeah. to ramp up it was, it was really interesting there was a lot of activity on monday typically there's a lot of activity on tuesday uh this you know this tuesday it was relatively quiet kind of picked up again wednesday um we have a couple of things we're working on right now still i mean not to the level of a jc jackson or khalil mack but we have some things we're, work, we're working on still but in essence free agency it never ends i mean it goes all the way through march and yeah there may be some players wayne just trying to see where the best spots are for them um, I think once you get into April, teams more turn their attention to the draft. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But there's still a lot of players out there. Um, but, you know, we're still working on a couple of things. We'll see if they work out. Uh, but it just never ends. Tom, if you could, you know, take some of your time where you're not working, just figure out who, who the right quarterback would be oh. for the Colts. Oh, That'd be great. We, yeah. we do not have a quarterback. I don't know if you know. They're still not a quarterback. <laughs> so yeah, I saw you guys signed Chase Daniels. Kind of fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah, you already got Herbert. You know, maybe maybe we get Chase. But hey, nonetheless, hey, we'll figure you it out. You guys, I know one thing. I know Frank Reich really well. I know Chris Ballard. I would trust those guys. They know what they're doing. Well, I have. I have, Tom. Tom, I have. All right. I want to let you know. Just trust them. They'll, they'll be all right. Blinders on. Just trust the process. A <laughs> couple questions from the boys here, Tom. We appreciate you joining us. Talking to general manager of the Chargers. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Tom, when you're going after like a very sought-after uh corner like jc jackson and free agency do you know what other teams are offering him or are you just communicating with uh the agents and just kind of bouncing numbers back and forth off him yeah so that great question so no we we, we don't know what off what other offers you're, you're strictly dealing the team and we're dealing with that agent um so we don't know what other teams are involved we don't know what the other offers are um you know in, in this particular situation with neil schwartz we have a great relationship with him we trust him work through it really well um, you know, but part of our, you know, you, you have to vet the player, do all the background work we can because we haven't seen this player since he came out of college. But also part of it, what our pro staff does is try and get a feel for what other teams are going to be in that market for a corner, who needs a corner, what their cap space is like, any connections that may be there. So maybe we can figure out who the other teams are involved. Sometimes it doesn't matter. I mean, in the end, we have to have an aggressive contract offer available and we have to have a situation you know, recruiting wise that, that the player wants to come to. So a lot of it is on us, but we do try and figure out scouting wise, like who may else, you know, may be involved in this. Tom, salary cap's fake. You know that? I do not know that. Well, Tom, it's fake. It is. Newsflash. Have you not, the Saints cleared a hundred million dollars in two and a half weeks. Didn't cut anybody. This new like signing bonus, get the money right. Like uh, Adam Thielen just opened up like yep. 14, 15 million dollars signing bonus now to spray out the the number through the entire years of the contract. That's why there's like six years deals with four years voidable. How? Do, what are your thoughts on that? That's seems to be like the new trend almost let's assume the nfl will put an end to it at some point because it feels like there's a big asterisk next to the salary cap right now with how it's working what are your thoughts on that and have you had to look into that do you have a salary cap guru on the squad that has to do all that type of stuff yes we do we have a couple gurus we have ed mcguire does a tremendous job we have katie sylvan who we just hired does a great job michael spanos works we've got a three-person crew that handles this but i guess my view on the cap's a little different than yours i mean it's a hard cap 
It's the same. There's no trends. I mean, teams have been restructuring contracts since I came in the league in 1995. So that's nothing new. I mean, yeah, you can clear space for this year. It's going to catch up to you at some point, whether it's 22, 23, 24. It comes, you have to pay it at some point. It's kind of like having a credit card. You may not have to pay it off all at once. You may be able to pay off a little bit now. Eventually, you'll have to pay it. So uh, the restructuring of contracts, making space this year, I mean, that's that's just the that's just normal common business that we've been doing for years. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, it feels like it's all one big fugace. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it some of what some of these teams are doing, because we're watching the salary cap each year because the Colts have the most. So obviously I'm looking at that. And then we have the worst. The Saints were $71 million over the projected cap. And then now they're $31 million under. It's like without cutting anybody. I don't know how that works, but I guess it's a new world with the signing bonus. You're just saying restructuring has been happening for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It seems like people ask more about it now than ever before. It's just, you know, work that we did. But yeah, I mean, it's you're essentially just pushing money forward. It will catch up at some point. Um, and the Saints do a great job. They, I mean, because they're competitive every year, really good roster. Um, but. Yeah, part of being a really good organization is having salary cap people like we have here with Ed and Katie and, and Michael that can that can maneuver these contracts, make sure we're signing the right contracts on the way in with players. Um, big part of the process. I mean, it, it's a hard cap. I mean, it's not like basketball where it's a soft cap or baseball where they have luxury tax. So we do have to stay under it. We have to always plan for the future. It's more than just scouting the player uh, on tape. So whenever you when you see like Devontae gets traded to the Raiders, is that something you knew he was potentially on the block, or were you blindsided by that as well? As long as some as well as some other GMs probably are like didn't know Devontae was available, that would have been awesome. Is that something you knew was available or knew potential, and did you snoop into uh, it? I mean, I kind of I kind of knew, but I kind of knew we were kind of set at that spot, so there's not much I could do about it. But uh, I kind of knew that was you know maybe a possibility. I was kind of hoping he may end up in a different division, <laughs> yeah. but I also knew that the Raiders were. You know, probably a, a you know a likely destination for him. So, is there anything that happens that surprises you, or do you feel like you guys in the general manager roles around the NFL pretty much dialed into almost everything? Because we see all yeah. the bullshit, baby. Like we yeah, hear uh-huh. reports of this, reports of this. Do you, is there anything that surprises you guys? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, there's there's moves that happen that uh, that catch you off guard. I mean, there's 32 teams, and there's talks that go on and. As you know, sometimes those talks get public. Sometimes they get leaked by insiders, and sometimes they don't get out at all. Um, so yeah, there's no doubt. There's things that that pop that you had no idea that that was coming. Um, kind of makes it exciting. I mean, it's, it's it's an entertainment business too. So, but every now and then, just from talking with people, sometimes you know what's coming down the you know the pipe every now and then how do you feel about contracts being uh reported as the big fake contract mm-hmm. and then like the real contracts kind of get just kind of fall in the for instance von miller six years mm-hmm. 120 million dollars yeah. that's a three-year like 50 something million dollar deal mm-hmm. contract but it's being reported as six year 120 i think it's because of the salary cap move is that something you have to think about whenever you sign guys or or do you just not care about any of that? that's not really i mean you. the the public numbers that i don't really even look at so we kind of wait till the contracts get in the system usually it takes a couple of days and we'll look at it um you know ed you know we'll kind of break those numbers down for down for down the road to see what the real numbers are see what the comps are but uh yeah the 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 actual numbers that come out right after the signing really haven't you know really don't pay attention to those tom when you got into the nfl way back you were in buffalo with bill i don't remember were you in buffalo? i was a, a summer intern in buffalo when i was in college when bill was there so and how many first years full-time ago? job was the carolina panthers how many years ago is that 1995 is my first year with the Panthers, yeah. Okay, so 27 years you've been around the NFL and been in the NFL. Do you remember back in the day those contracts? This guy signs for four years, 
$450 million. <laughs> 449 of that million is only available if he cures cancer. <laughs> he, like that, that used to be like the thing. I think it's because it made agents look better. It made the league look better and all that. We're still kind of in that, but it feels like we're getting to it a little bit more. With I, just, I just remember in 1995, so the salary cap was relatively new. Um, and, and Bill Pulling would have a, a yellow legal pad and a pencil and he'd write all the players' names out. He'd write out their contract uh, numbers, which at that point, you know, was base salary, signing bonus proration, you know, maybe incentives. There wasn't a lot there. He'd write all out with a pencil and then um, he'd give it to me and I would just on a really rudimentary spreadsheet would kind of type in the numbers um, and just kind of keep it accurate for him. I have no idea if you ever used it when I give him back a sheet of paper with it, with it all printed out. I have no clue. But it's come a long way since then, obviously. Now we've got three people that handle the cap. Um, but, uh, yeah, things have changed a lot. The numbers have gone up tremendously. I mean, the, the base salary for a minimum when I came in the league, I think, was maybe, you know, $200,000 or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's gone up tremendously. What's vet min now? Eight hundred. I mean, it depends how many years in the league. But, obviously, for, for a veteran player, um, you know, it's, it's a million dollars, you know, the veteran minimum. And what's the, the rookie min? There. What's the rookie min? I don't have it with me, you know, six, seven hundred. Yeah, but see, that that new CBA was supposed to get the veteran men guys more money, but instead it's like, oh, they actually save $400,000. You get two of those guys. I mean, it's like uh, the game that's always being played. Does Bill Polian ever reach out to you now? Do you still talk to Bill Polian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you always got to keep, you know, keep in touch with your mentors. So, um, yeah, I keep in touch with them. I, you know, I'll run things by him every now and then. I mean, he's a wealth of knowledge, so. Um, it's got kind of good to have him on speed dial. He's got to be proud of you, dude. We all are, man, by the way. Absolutely crushing it. Last question here from the boys. Go ahead, Ty. Tom, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but when you go into an offseason and you know that you're going to be very active in trying to sign free agents or trade for guys, like how far are you pushing your draft prep off? Like, are, is And especially when you guys aren't a team that's going to be picking, you know, in the top 10 or whatever. But is it really you just kind of wait until free agency is done and then you address that a couple weeks before the draft starts? Well, this is the, the thing people tend to forget in this business. So, um, you know, we have a pro scouting staff, uh, four people that work on pro scouting year round. We have a college scouting staff that works on college scouting year round, you know, seven, eight guys. Um, it's all they do. So I rely on our pro staff, our college staff, as we get ready for free and seeing ready for the draft. Um, I'll kind of go parallel lines in, in March, kind of work on draft a little bit, a little bit of free agency. Uh, we have a tremendous staff, our college staff, Kevin Kelly and all of our scouts, They've been working on that 24-7. So I rely on those guys to narrow things down, get the board set. Um, so it, this is not a one-man show. This is a pretty big department of people. We talked about the, the cap people, but you know, our scouting department is pretty large, and you, you have to trust them to do their jobs, which I do implicitly. They do a great job. So they work on that. It kind of comes all together. I'll kind of tie a bow around it as we get towards uh, the draft. Uh, but they do a tremendous job. How happy are you? You don't have to find a quarterback. Oh, <laughs> that has to feel pretty good. That guy from Oregon just fell to six. Yeah. Stud. Six foot six. <laughs> runs a four four. Yeah. Absolute stud. Tom, we can't thank you enough for joining us. I know you're very busy. Thank you for the time. You've always been incredibly nice. You're the man. Appreciate it. Love coming on. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, no problem. Whenever we get out there, we can't wait to come see you. You know, yeah, uh, Let's go. Anytime. All right, cool. Because the Charger social media is so damn good. Like, oh, yeah. You guys, <laughs> prime to go. We appreciate you so much. Ladies and gentlemen. Bring the show out. Thanks. Oh. oh. Yeah. On location. You From still, your office. You still got that ping pong table? Yes, we do. Yep. 
How are you? You stop playing probably, huh? Because you're a little busy or no? Yeah. I'll start practicing. You come out, we'll go. <laughs> All right, I'll pick the paddle back up too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tom. You and Justin Herbert. You and Justin Herbert will play. Ooh. Is he a player? I'm assuming he's probably pretty good at it. He's pretty he's pretty much pretty good at everything. So me too. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Telesco. Now is a Big Ten legend, fresh off the slopes, and I'm not talking about cocaine. I'm talking about actual skiing. Oh. Seen his family feed some deers. He's back in Ohio. Ohio State takes on Loyola, Chicago, in about 30 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Hey, Let's go Elks, Elk Pride. What's up, guys? Ty, you doing okay? I mean, what's okay? You know, not really, but it's Friday, so. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Hey, your little stat and facts on the Wright State Raiders was actually mm -hmm. right. You said, didn't they just win 20 in a row? They were near Centerville. You knew all about them, and we all buried you. AJ, you don't know shit. Yeah, okay, you don't know anything. Turns out you did. Peter Kiss still hit his over, but now that you're back from vacation and you're kind of locked in, the first thing you saw as soon as you landed in Ohio is, oh, Devontae Adams is gone <laughs> from the Green Bay Packers. That came out of nowhere for all of us. You, a little bit closer to the situation, obviously you're a Packer legend, you're best friends with Aaron Rodgers. Did you know this was coming? Did you know there was a chance of this? And how do you think Aaron is taking all of this, AJ? No, this is a, a complete surprise to me. Like, it, it was, I guess, the rest of the public that when, when this hit, like, yeah, I flew in. We got in, you know, not too late last night. And all of a sudden, I got texts from all kinds of people. And I see this. And I'm like, oh, this is actually real. I'm not getting a darn Schefter. I, I thought that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. We, we thought that as well. We thought that as well. And Gumpy was, the, I think, the first to see it in the group. I was in the middle of a workout, but as the 35 fucking text messages came in the group in five minutes, I opened it up. I'm like, oh, something must have happened, like either very bad or insane. I thought Deshaun Watson. I'm like, oh, Deshaun Watson must have been on a move. Of course, I missed it. And I stared at that Schefter tweet in the group text like, 10 times and I clicked on it mm -hmm. and I was like is that actually Schefter? Yeah and then Rappaport has a follow up. We all I think thought it was a fugaze AJ we did it all seemed about Hey in that tweet though, in that tweet, what exactly does rap mean when he talks about the compensation the money matters and is a big factor? Well so I, I, I think that has also been kind of deep. This is before, wait is this yeah. he said this before it was reported that the Packers were willing to match or pay more than what the Raiders were? Yes, I do believe that's why okay. that tweet was happening that hey the money does matter because although it is only a one and a two and it's worth 140 final thought for now the Devontae Adams trade his agents Frank Barr and Kenny Chapman confirmed that the Packers offered more money than the contract he'll sign in Las Vegas simply it was his lifelong dream to be with the Raiders so he's a NorCal guy I guess he was a Raiders fan obviously played at Fresno State alongside Derek Carr who was his roommate I think he just mm -hmm. bought a house next to Derek Carr in Vegas just like literally yesterday so assuming that realtor knew before all of us oh, yeah. yeah and I assume Derek Carr whenever he saw Devontae pull up in a U-Haul he's like what are you doing he's like I'm fucking coming here <laughs> is that deal done no I don't think no. it's gonna happen and Derek's like thank god yeah. oh my god this is amazing when did they start working on it though that's I'm I'm curious on the timeline if, if this was Devontae's like wishes when did he make that known I guess to Green Bay or to his agents or anybody else and I wonder if it was because they put the franchise tag on him before negotiating a long-term deal if that was like the final 
You know, like Devontae's like, oh, yeah. fuck these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't take this anymore. Is it because he just wanted to play for the Raiders? Is it because Wisconsin has a 7.7% state income tax? So if you do that over $142 million, that's like 11 or $12 million difference, mm-hmm. which is a massive thing. Is it because Vegas in December is beautiful? In Lambo in December is... Also beautiful, but two, three feet of snow. Yeah. Is it all like what is it? I wonder. And what does Aaron, you know, think about it all? Have you talked? I have not. I have not talked to him. I do not talk to him though on a regular basis. It is assumed that you do. So have you? T- did he know this was coming in your eyes? Do you think? And how? That's a big fucking deal, right? Like he, Aaron and Devontae are like a tag team that everybody in the NFL is looking to have, and now they're kind of broken up. That's insane to me. I mean, it's yeah, it's absolutely insane when you think about how all of this happened and all of a sudden Aaron signs his deal, he's coming back, Devontae's tagged. Oh, wait, no, we're trading him to the Raiders, like, and he gets a gigantic contract through them. Yeah, I mean, from what it sounds like, when you, when you hear him say that the Packers were willing to pay him more than the Raiders and he still went to the Raiders, I'm like, what happened that made him not want to be in Green Bay? And that, is this something new? That's why I think anyone I talk to seems pretty confused. Yeah. The... Just like I think Deshaun's going to Atlanta because he's a human, you know, like mm-hmm. that's going back home. Feels mm-hmm. like that would be something you'd want to do after. Just Congrats, going. Matt Ryan's going to Indy then, right? Well, yeah, I mean, they're saying that would be the next domino mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Indy, Matt. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Excited for you to restructure your contract, Matt Ryan. Excited for that to happen. <laughs> it's not very nice. What? For you want team? to restructure or take a pay cut? Restructure. Get okay, all the money fine. you're going to. Yeah. How about Atlanta, by the way, saying the, the bonus he was due today? Nah, that'll go to Tuesday. How about that? That just happened, and everybody, like, they just reported it. Like, Atlanta Falcons now have pushed back the $7.5 million roster bonus due Friday to QB Matt Ryan to Tuesday, giving Atlanta four extra days to hear the Deshaun Watson decision and be able to trade Ryan if necessary per league source. That's just reported as if, like, yeah, that's okay. Casual. How the fuck does that happen? You know, is that just, like, so can I, if somebody owes me money, am I allowed to say, hey, that money you're supposed to give me in two months, I want it now. Well, that's not in the contract. Well, did you see what the Falcons did? Yeah. Nah, they I just moved that thing four days. How does that work, you think? That, that, he had to agree to it, right? Matt Ryan, his agent, had to agree to it. You think it's like a... Yeah, and they might be at the point where they're like, Baker, like, yeah, whatever, dude. Just give us our fucking money at some point. <laughs> Get me out of Maybe. I'm not 100% sure. Go ahead, Diggs. Uh, I can't remember what comedian it was, but the whole, like, you know, the way that my bank account works, you know, we can't pay you on Friday. We have to move it to Tuesday type thing. Like, you think that's way, what the blank family? The way family? that the deposit works and the withdrawals, and then you have to have the two days of processing and stuff like that, maybe. So it actually wouldn't hit till Tuesday anyways with that large of an amount, yeah, Matt. Right. You understand how it is. Not that big of a deal. And also, we don't want to pay it. I mean, we're the ones that did the contract. <laughs> we don't want to pay it. We would like the next team to have to pay you for that. So let's just go ahead and shoe that thing to Tuesday. And if on his first day as a Colt, Matt Ryan received $7.5 million, I think that's pretty similar to what happened with Carson Wentz. Like his first day as a Colt, he got like a $3 million yeah. bonus or something yeah. like that. That worked out fantastically. I'm assuming this one will as well. Matt Ryan. Proven veteran leader. That's, That's right. right. Been to the Super Bowl. He's been there before. You know, be able to get the boys into the right place. You know, MVP, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Carson Wentz still was in that conversation a few years back as well. But I mean, Matt Ryan's got a lot to prove still. He's 37 years old, still got 10 years left in him with the oh, way yeah. he takes care of himself. Oh, yeah. Matty Ice is a player. When he gets to Indianapolis, by the way, till he buys this house that's right down here, he oh, might, yeah. hey. Nah, I bought a college guy. He ain't buying smokes thirty no, million dollars. Right. Right. But there's a house down here that you basically buy half the city. It's fourteen million dollars. You got yeah. your own pond and lake. Matt Ryan, the Ryan family is going to look yeah. amazing Why there. Not? With that being said, 
If Deshaun goes to New Orleans, what the fuck happens with it for the Colts in their quarterback situation? Let's follow up. I'd like to get your take on this because we covered it yesterday live in real time as we were drinking green beer wow. for St. Patrick's Day. And happy St. Patrick's Day to you, AJ. Hope you, you too. Good. Sorry I missed it. I saw it. it looked like fun. I saw it to admit he eventually got the, the keg tap. Yeah. Well, wow. and, and he signed up for that, by the way. I was like, all right, who's tapping the keg? I said, I am not. I haven't done this in a long time, and it's tough or whatever. Well, I could do it, Mitt. Uh, <laughs> Mitt says, he goes, I know what to do. And then he watched a YouTube video, he said, yep. and then they were going to open. I said, well, let's do that outside, right? Because I have been at one of these before. Oh, yeah. I've seen this entire thing. And him, it was out of a movie, wasn't it? I mean, that was right out of a movie. Yeah. Green beer right to your face. Mick got the job done, though. Let's That's not, right. He did. A lot of green beers were had. AJ, in my defense, the kegs that I have usually tapped, the uh, whatever the tap is, is usually really bad. That one, industrial tap. And uh, <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, it was an industrial tap. I mean, it was a real... Hey, I wasn't knocking Mitt. Believe me, the same thing would have probably happened to me, Mitt. It's been a while. Me as well. That's why I did not sign yeah. up on yeah, it. And right. said, uh, somebody else can do this. I am not going to be caught on camera not being able to tap a keg because that would go against everything I kind of stand for. And a lot of my college friends would be pissed off about it. But I have seen this fail. I have failed doing this before. And normally, you know, you have like the hose tap. Yeah. Like the very cheap. This one. Oh, yeah. Made state of the art. Yeah. I mean, it is uh, really nice. We got taken care of. It was very nice of them. But, yeah, we got to figure it out. We had a bunch of green beer. We had a good day. Iowa Hawkeyes stinked. Mm, Monte Adams mm, on the move. It was yeah. a good St. Patrick's Day. Happy to hear you here. We were able to cover something live, though, on the show. As Our show stunk without you, by the way. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Quentin Richardson came on. He was awesome. Thanks. Mm. We got to have him back on a better show whenever we're not all boozed up and mm -hmm. having that whole conversation. But the, the Baker Mayfield saga is awesome. Especially as an Ohio guy, you know, and Ohio people, especially Cleveland people. Mm -hmm. The way this is all going to go PR-wise, I don't think any of it bodes well for Baker Mayfield. And I am a Baker Mayfield guy. I think you've seen me on ESPN, Baker Mayfield guy, supporting Baker Mayfield. Have said and talked ad, ad nauseum about how Baker Mayfield had a torn uh, humor or broken humerus and a torn labrum. That's got to be difficult. I don't think I've ever buried Baker Mayfield, to be honest. Don't think I ever have. A lot of situations where it's like, ah, that doesn't seem like the right move, but he's young, he's an NFL quarterback, and he's won for the Cleveland Browns. With that being said, whenever he screenshotted his notes section and put it out there, that felt like a goodbye to Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland ends up out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Cleveland then wants to go meet with Baker Mayfield to tell him, like, hey, we did want Deshaun Watson, okay? We did want him to be our quarterback. He didn't want us. So now, guess what? You're back in the driver's seat. Congratulations. Baker Mayfield said, it's too far gone. I don't even want to meet with you. I guess old Cuzzy was going to fly down, chat with him. I don't want to do it. He's commanding a trade. Then, immediately following the public announcement of Baker Mayfield uh, wanting a, a trade through his insider, Albert Breer comes in. He's like, um, yeah, the Cleveland Browns aren't going to do that. So, And then, bang, another follow-up. Uh, Baker Mayfield to Schefter. The Baker Mayfield team feels as if the relationship is too far gone and there's no way to recover this, so they are still demanding a trade. And then that would have gone on all day. The Browns would have came back out and said, we don't care. We're... Uh -huh. See you fucking OTAs. Sure. It's an interesting dynamic in which Baker has no leverage. And I am a big-time player guy. I think everybody says I'm a player guy to a fault. Too much of a player guy, almost, is what people say. But in this situation, on his first contract, he has won a playoff game, but I think there's still a lot of questions around the league. If he was to hold out, I don't know if there's any other teams that'd be like, yeah, we want that guy on his rookie contract to hold out. It feels like the Browns have all the leverage, and Baker has none. Am I wrong in thinking that? And the Browns, by the way, can spin this PR-wise – 
We wanted Deshaun Watson. We wanted to make our team better. We obviously weren't able to do that. Now we can't wait to see what Baker Mayfield does on a contract year. We still want him in the future if he can learn how to play in our style and our system and take us to places we've never been. It's just like I don't. I think Baker's in a bad spot here, PR wise, actual wise, contract wise, football wise. Uh, but this is going to get ugly, I think, before it gets better over there. Well, I mean, there's multiple questions I have. Like, first, did the Browns do this? Is this partly a negotiation thing to try to drive up more interest? If they, they don't want to get rid of him, it's going to take a little bit more than we thought to get Baker for someone to come try to trade for him. Do you think that's a possibility? Joe Cena just reported it would be a third, possibly a second. That would turn into that's a second. That's it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Either way, is there any way that Baker plays for the Browns this year? I think he's going to have to. Unless they, the, okay, I mean, if it's this bad now, I guess you can work anything as possible. You can get through anything. That's that's true. Like, what's your old boy, uh, your old Pittsburgh guy, Mr. Rogers? If it's mentionable, sure. it's manageable. I believe that was one of his things he used wow. to say. Thank you. Wow. Hey, hey, Jay. Jay. Huh? Okay. So maybe they can talk it out. I don't know. Like, but it doesn't sound like Baker wants to be there. How do his teammates feel about it now? Do his teammates feel like he bailed on him or he's bailing on them? I don't. I doubt that's the case. I'm sure each guy has their own opinion of him, but guys understand the business part of it is if this is a business thing, but I also Baker and his agent, they have to have a couple places that they feel they want to go to be able to say this. There has to be some spots they think they can go. So Indianapolis is his preferred destination. Yeah. Multiple mm-hmm. people have reported that now. Uh, Tony Pauline from the Pro Football Network reported that, and then it was a follow-up by oh, who was it? Skinny I don't know. Somebody else said, like, yeah, Indianapolis is his preferred destination. That would mean Indianapolis would want to be in the game. But once again, that would leave the Browns without a quarterback. And the Browns aren't going to do that until they know who their quarterback is. They're not going to move on. And they said, we're not going to accommodate his request. They said that publicly. They're like, hey, Baker can say all the fuck he wants. Mm -hmm. We do not care. And that's the business side of it, though, right? Like, that is what people do. I saw this. Okay, so I saw this question posed, I I believe, on one of the shows this morning. It said, it said something like, are, are, is this a bad look for the Browns to not grant this his trade request? And I'm thinking, I, I never crossed my mind that the team is at fault when a player demands a trade like this in this fashion. And they say, no, sorry. Like, they may eventually trade him, but right off the bat, of course, they're not going to jump. you like, yeah, whatever you need, sir. Like, why would they do that? <laughs> yeah, you're in their sandbox. And I think that's what people need to remember when they're at their work and when they're working for somebody and when they're – you're in their sandbox, Okay. Inevitably, you can do all you want, but you're in their world. In the NFL, when you sign a contract to a team, you are employed by that team. They have all the control. It is a business. You are the thing on the table that is being negotiated about in Pawn Stars. You are not the person that is trying to sell something. You're not the person trying to buy something. You are the person that is on the table. And whatever the fuck they want to do, they can do. That is just the, that's why you hear a lot of guys get jaded. A lot of guys hate the business. They hate the NFL because they have no say. It's like, this is the OGs talking to the young guys in the locker room when the young guys are like, oh, come on, guys, let's have fun. And it's like, yeah, yeah, have fun. It's a fucking game, but wait until you get fucked. Like, yeah. wait, like, it's going to happen. You, there's not a lot of people that have their entire NFL careers where they don't get fucked. Like, it, it is going to happen business wise at some point, and you're going to, that little joy for the game that you had as a high schooler and college and even into the NFL is going to get a little bit tainted whenever it's like, oh, I thought we were just playing a kid's game or whatever. Yeah, it is a kid's game. But anytime you put that amount of money on something and you sign contracts and there's so much at stake in jeopardy and future and everything, it's just like, 
It happens. The Browns don't have to do a damn thing, AJ. The Browns don't what's have the, to. What's the uh, the comments? I, was it Mort who said mm-hmm. the, the Browns want an adult at quarterback? Has that been yeah. like, confirmed? Is that a real thing? Yeah, because that comes out there. And not just that, by the way. Not Baker on- has to absolutely hate that that's out there. Brr, I hate that. Yeah. And then also the clips that they're showing of Baker walking on the sideline. None of his teammates are talking yeah. to him. Nope. So it's like they're choosing. Now it's becoming the full. It, and it, when they show anything, I saw a thing with no sound in the airport. They're talking about Baker, and they show like 15 interceptions he throws. I'm like, you know, he threw a few <laughs> touchdowns in there too. Yeah, like, Baker needs doing? to know that he's going against a billionaire now. Like, uh-huh. this is who has relationships. Like, that's what this is going to get into. That's why I hate this because I'm a super player guy. Baker has n- like – he has None. no control and no, no leverage in this situation either, and it stinks. Hey, but that is literally the business that we've tried to talk the, about. So, the, like the child thing coming out from Mort, and then is it a good look for him that he wouldn't let Jimmy Haslam fly to him and meet with him and maybe try to talk it through? Like that's not the most mature of looks either. Like, what's his trademark going to be for teams? Like, do they? Like, I assume they care about that. No, listen, I am a guy that is big time. Hey, go fuck yourself, guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I work for me, so. Yeah. That but, is, but maybe if that if you want to do that, let let the owner at least fly to you mm-hmm. and say to his face that after you hear him out, I guess. Yeah, and I've done that, by the way. I've mm-hmm. let people come in here after telling them, nah, I ain't going to listen to you. Well, we'd like to meet in person. Cool. Come on out. Sit down. Let's go ahead and do this. Then they have the full conversation. I say, thank you for coming out here. Probably not going to amount to anything. Take care. But at least it's like a uh, business thing. Mm-hmm. But once again, I work for me. I don't, like, you know, like it, it is, it's a little bit of a... It's a different game when you're accepting somebody else's paycheck. Like that is just that's the fact of life. There's fairy tale land where everybody gets everything that they want and they uh, deserve and they earn and the best opportunity. Like, hey, listen, that is something that we're all striving to get to in all walks of life and all businesses. But here in reality, boom, there's contracts, there's manipulative motherfuckers, there's people that have bad intentions, there's things that happen. I'm not saying in the NFL, I'm just talking about in life. There's a million other people that want your job too. And they know that. And everybody knows that. You know, you're a piece of gum. When your flavor runs out, so does the time chewing your piece of gum. Mm-hmm. And then they get another one out and they do it. It's just. That's what they say. That is literally yeah. what they say. That is what life is. Joining us now, a man who might know more about all things happening around the NFL, friend of the show. We actually got a chance to see him sit right here. He is obviously very handsome, but the guy he was with is the coolest guy of all oh, time. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Emmy nominated host of Good Morning Football, ladies and gentlemen, Peter Schrager. <laughs> What up, Shrakes? What's up, guys? Uh, crazy week, and I'm so happy to be with you here today. Yeah, it was a wild St. Patty's in the NFL. I mean, they're getting boozed up. Kegs and eggs in the NFL, for sure. Let's talk. <laughs> uh, well, before we dive into Devontae and the Raiders and the Rams making plays and Von Miller and everything, which we assume you have massive amount of information about, are we reading this wrong? And we're m- normally player dudes. I mean, we are maybe the most pro-player show in the history of any show that's ever had the amount of people that watch this particular show. Baker's got no leverage. I mean, he's got no leverage in this entire thing, even though that stinks and we don't like it. They're going to have to make up, right? Is that how the Browns are seeing this entire thing from your perspective, Shrakes? I mean, what to tell you that there's teams with, with quarterbacks like Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts and Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and those teams aren't going and courting Deshaun Watson. And it clearly was 
they look at this as the final year of the Baker Mayfield experience. We know it's going to affect him. We know how sensitive he is. We know how emotional he is. And yet we're going to go and openly meet with Deshaun Watson. And if Baker isn't happy with that, then we'll deal with the wreckage afterwards. So, yes, he has very little leverage here. He can demand a trade, but I think the Browns brass is like, all right, yeah, sure. We'll trade you if we want to trade you. And I think it's interesting. Last year (laughs) – Jared Goff went through this situation where everyone was, you know, traded, they trade for Stafford. And it's like handled it in a way that you might say, oh, you feel bad for Goff. But he never came out publicly and, and trashing, you know, and said, hey, this is all oh, this and that. Jimmy Garoppolo, the last several years with Brady being the rumors and then Rodgers being the rumors and Trey Lance, never went out publicly and, and did anything. Kind of took it on the chin and said, let's go. There's a way that people like seeing their quarterbacks respond. And then for Baker to write this screed. Or actually, it was a, a letter, but it put him against the team. And then to demand a trade, I could tell you that the trade demand wasn't exactly, you know, it doesn't have Cleveland shaking in their boots or anything. Yeah, and then Cleveland, by the way, responded, Sister Jean has made her first appearance. Wow. Sister, Sister, Sister Jean. She looks Thank good. You, Sister she does Sister look Jean. good. She looks very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's her last game in the tournament. Spry. She better get comfortable. Whoa. Whoa. They're up 5-2 right now over OH. Make it 5-4. Oh. <laughs> that was a big-time dunk. I mean, big-time play. But, yeah, that whole give and take there about we're commanding a trade and then the Browns saying, yeah, we – hey, listen, we don't care. Like, <laughs> I, like, that was awesome yesterday. And just another day in the NFL, the massive amount of entertainment. Let's talk about the Devontae Adams trade to the Raiders. This came out of nowhere for us, for Ty especially. I mean, our our little drunk, colitis-having fran- uh, guy here who saw Iowa get their asses beat by the Richmond Spiders and then he went to bed drinking whiskey on St. Patrick's Day seeing Devontae Adams, the no- top two wide receiver, not to leave the Packers because he wanted to. What are you hearing about this? He just wanted to go play for the Raiders? I think Rappaport tweeted that that was his, uh, his childhood fandom was the Raiders. What are you hearing about all of this? And did this come out yeah. of nowhere in your eyes? Me, yes, but the more I, I get into it, I realize that I just wasn't doing a great job as a reporter that there were <laughs> signs uh, on the wall. Um, truthfully, uh, speaking around the league, it was kind of like Green Bay was put in this position where Devontae Adams clearly told them he, he does not want to play on the tag. They tagged him, and he was like, that's it. Like That was the end of the road. He was done. Now, Green Bay had two options. One, they could play chicken with a guy for four months and let this drag on all summer and, and make this be the topic of the day every single day. And are we going to do this? And, or they could say, you know what? Doesn't want to be here. He's 29 years old. He wants to make $28 million. There's a team who's willing to pay him that let's rip the bandaid off. Now trade him to the Raiders, get the draft picks and then have that money to go spend elsewhere and we can go and pay for a wide receiver or we can trade for a veteran wide receiver and use MI. So it was, it was one of those deals where of course, in the end of the day, everyone's like, well, they offered him more money. And, 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 and he, look, this thing was done apparently before even this season, it got to this point where he wanted to have a contract last year and didn't get it. Um, they dragged this thing this on guy's. and I, and Pat, you'll know better than I did. And AJ, you'll know better, but apparently Rogers was aware of the whole situation and this did not blindside Aaron Rodgers. I've obviously not spoken to Aaron, but that's the yeah. word you're getting out of green Bay. And it's kind of like, okay, let Devonte go do what he wants to do. He wants to be a Raider. Great. The, the, you know, we're pretty close to a championship here with the Packers. If he doesn't want to play for the money and he's unhappy, let him go, but let's do it now in March when there's still receivers that we can sign. And there still might be some veteran receivers we can trade for. And now we've got a bit of a war chest. The money that would have cost to keep him, we can use. And last point, the franchise tag going way into like June and July, that's $20 million of cap space that they can't spend. 
you get rid of him now, and I say get rid of him because they traded him, and he's going to make more money than any player who's not a quarterback in the history of the sport. They're going to trade him Congrats. now. Uh, they can now use that money that's not hovering over them. So they're in salary cap hell. And then, hey, wait, maybe it's not so bad. We trade our best receiver, but now we can maybe find another alternative. He didn't want to be here. So are you hearing anything on what they're going to do now, though, Shregs? We're talking about who he's going to throw to. You'd love to have a possible number one. Are they? Would they look to go trade and try to pick up a blockbuster receiver off another team? Or are they going to just, I guess, count on drafting a few of them and hope they work? Yeah, I don't see the 22nd and 28th pick being like, all right, that's our solution. We're going to go trade for those guys. Or we're going to go draft those guys. And suddenly Aaron Shit, at that age. Pretty shrags. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, – the, the Ty's head just hit at. the table over here. I, I, they just, the move it, that I would look at is let's start calling up for some veterans here. So Robert Woods might be on the block after they just signed Allen Robinson. I would call there. I would call Seattle. I would ask what DK Metcalf situation is. I would call. I would call <laughs> LA Chargers. You had, you had Tom Telesco on the phone. Gosh, you're paying twenty million dollars to Keenan Allen, and you're paying how much money to Mike Williams or either one? I mean. Mike Williams just signed. Is Keenan Allen available? He's a Cal guy. Is that going to make Aaron happy? Like, Ooh. I would start calling around and start looking at that tier of player. Where, I love. You know, this guy's coming back to life. Trace. Keep going, Trace. Come on. Bring this guy back to life. Money now. You know, I, I, you look at some of these players on these teams that are making good money, and now the Packers can spend some money and have to pay these guys. But I would say none of those possibilities could happen if Adams is still unhappy on the roster going into training camp in July. You do it in March, you can at least make those phone calls and see what guys are doing. And you know, I, we made a lot of news on Good Morning Football when I said like Keenan Allen's name and I said DK Metcalf's name. That doesn't come from those teams. It doesn't come from those ages. That comes from me looking at the numbers on these things. And DK Metcalf is going into one of these deals where he doesn't have a quarterback right now that is a proven entity. He's going to be uh, eventually signed to a huge contract. They already paid Tyler Lockett money. Like, I don't know. I'd call John Schneider, an old Packers executive, and say, is there, an, is there a chance? Is there a market? If we give you a first-round pick, uh, would you trade us DK Metcalf? I don't know. So that's the challenge now. It was one thing to rip the Band-Aid off and get it done, but now that the wounds are kind of healing and it's 24 hours removed or 16 hours removed, whatever it is, is it time to now start picking? Okay, now we got to go be aggressive. And, yeah, there are some free agents, like, Jarvis Landry is a good player. I don't know if that solves the Devontae Adams void, but he's a good player. And Odell Beckham might be back from a knee injury at some point. And Juju Smith-Schuster has done some good things in this league. So the cupboard is not bare, but it would have been had they waited until May or June to do this. So this is all pundit Pete talking this morning. You know, like <laughs> okay, and Keenan Allen, that was all pundit Pete. You were the only insider uh, that we know in the game that didn't put a timeline on when Deshaun Watson was going to make his decision. Remember, that, that became like the new insider thing. Like, look for his answer tonight or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, 24 Or Jimmy. I said that to you guys. I don't see a rush on Jimmy either. And here we are a week later. And I told you on both of those. But go on. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, by the way, hashtag Peter knew. Pete knew. Pete, baby. Pete knew. Pete. Pete knew. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Source. Yeah, Anybody ever yeah, call yeah. you Pete or is always Peter? Peter, no, Pete is just not for me. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, dude. All right, so Pundit Peter, uh, why don't you put your little uh, insider cap on here? Deshaun Watson's going back to Atlanta, then Matt Ryan's come to the Indianapolis Colts, and then they're restructuring his contract. And how come the Falcons were able to say, hey, that bonus you were due on Friday, now it's due on Tuesday? Like, how, how does this whole thing work, and how do you see it playing out? Yeah, they push that back four extra days so they can kind of wiggle on. Oh, this. somebody else can do... fucking pay that. Yeah, that's that was what they did. <laughs> and if they could trade him, that other team's going to have to. But Ryan obviously 
um, has been quiet. And you look at the Baker Mayfield situation, there's different points in their careers, obviously. But like Matt Ryan, this has not got a, uh, this probably was a bit of a, an ego uh, or something. But then it's like, all right, there might be a new future for me. But as I hear it right now, and yesterday, I swear, and this is how funny it is. Everyone was like, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans. And then for Deshaun Watson today, I'm getting a lot of people texting me and like, it's Atlanta. He wants to go home. I'm like, well, Atlanta was in the mix since Tuesday. So why did it change from Thursday to Friday? So I'm not going to give you a lead right now because I think we probably will find out by Monday, but we'll see because there's other parts of this. There's three different elements. Deshaun Watson basically at the end of the day gets to waive his no trade clause and decide who. Houston, now that they've got two down to the wire, they can change the terms a little bit and say, all right, I'm going to use you and leverage you off you. Can we get a Jack little Jack Easterby is man of the Lord. He would not do yeah, that. Do that. Easterby. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, last piece, the last piece of it would be, uh, of course, the teams that are trading for him, Atlanta, New Orleans, they can walk away at any point if they want. I, I think the Matt Ryan piece is really interesting because I still think Matt Ryan's got good football left to play. I think Matt Ryan played well last year. Me too. And if you're Indianapolis, if you're Seattle, if you are uh, – I'll throw Carolina in there, but they're not going to go within the division. And then, uh, you know, even you look at some of these teams that that have quarterbacks and might want to upgrade a little bit on like a one-year deal like like Cleveland right now and say, does Matt Ryan not put us closer to a chip this year than Baker Mayfield? you got to consider it. So I think a few dominoes are going to start falling soon, but it all all hinges on Deshaun Watson. Come on, Andy, Matt. (laughs) Sorry, Zay, going back to the, the Packers and the Devontae situation, you, you tried to say that you didn't do a great job as a reporter because there were there were signs out there that something may be up with the whole Devontae thing. Like, what kind of signs were out there now that you're looking back? Just how, you know, how, how furious and upset he was that he was franchise tagged when he said time and time again he didn't want to be franchise tagged. And I think we all assume, well, Aaron signed, so now you're good, right? And they'll make it work and we'll figure it out. But I think he was really hurt by the fact that him as an individual was viewed as, like, 1B maybe in that situation. And, you know, the fact that, we had been hearing how unhappy he was, and I think Tom Pelissero and Ian Rapport did a good job on NFL Network the, that day where he was franchise tag, and they're like, you know, Adams is not happy right now, and he does not plan on playing on this. And when you hear that, it's like, okay, it's more than just the franchise tag. Maybe it's way more than that. The other piece was, um, you know, I watch the NFL Network a lot, and David Carr, whether he indirectly did it or directly did it uh, last week, was like, you know, Devontae bought a house in Las Vegas recently. And I'm like, Devontae bought a house in Las Vegas recently. Like, that's, that's, that's a pretty big commitment to a place that you don't necessarily live as your prime. As your, uh, so, like, little things were on the wall. And then today it's a nice story to say that it was um, his hometown team and he's always wanted to play there. And that, you know, Derek Carr's his buddy. Those are all great things. But I think the truth of the matter was he was done with the Packers. Mm. And that was what I should have been mm. focusing on, not how they're going to make this work financially. Because at the end of the day, the Packers did step up financially. And he still said, I don't want to play for you guys. I think the Poncha Karma conversation, Aaron said, like, Devontae does not want the franchise. Tag. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think yeah. he even said, like, uh, Devontae does not want the franchise. Nobody wants he Then he went into, like, a nobody wants franchise tag. But I don't think Devontae wants franchise tag. That's you fast- hear that a lot. You know, you hear that a lot. And then... This one, like people who were in the know, were like, "No, no, no, no!" Like that will piss him off. And it, I think, it, I think the the toothpaste was already out of the tube by that point. But I figured once Aaron, just by human nature, signed that they would be like, "All right, the two of us are so close to getting a chip. Let's do this." Um, but Devonte obviously was at the end of the road with the Packers management, just as we thought Rodgers was last offseason. See, here's being who you can afford to be. By the way, Devonte not happy, commanding a trade. <laughs> 
Raiders are like, you got it. Yeah. Baker Mayfield commanding the trade. Cleveland's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's a very, it's a very interesting, you know, that is the difference though, between like, hey, being like the number one, number two guy at your position and being a guy that has a lot of promise and a lot of focus. It's like, be who you can afford to be has always been around the NFL and we're kind of witnessing it on display now. Well, you also, you also see it with the Sean Watson. People are like this, the off the field stuff is a big deal. And yet it's, the, the counter is he's Deshaun Watson. He's a player. So, like, teams are openly courting this guy. It's unsavory for a lot of people, but it, they're not doing that for quarterbacks uh, who aren't of that. Like, so, like, that's just what in the NFL, like, you can dictate your terms when they view you as that t- type of player on the field. So, Devontae Adams being upset and demanding a trade, like, there was a market for him. Baker Mayfield demanding a trade, like, I, the Browns aren't going to say, yes, let's make All that right, happen. We'll, would, yeah, we'll get a fucking six round pick for you. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would add in, um, you know, the Raiders side of it. I don't, do you guys know Dave Ziegler's story at all? The GM of the Raiders, like this is Dolph the kind Ziggler. of deal you would love. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler, New England, um, Dave Ziegler is the GM. This guy was uh, college teammates with McDaniel's at John Carroll, which I'm sure you guys know is an Ohio like powerhouse in Division Three. They were college teammates yeah, there. McDaniel's gets you know Fire all these coaching hearts. jobs. Ziegler takes a while. He was coaching at Iona in New York, and while he was at Iona, he would ser- he would he would be an extra on Law and Order and on Sopranos. Like he's an actor as an extra. He'd make spare cash that way, all right? Then he goes and takes a job to be a high school wide receivers coach at Chaparral High School in Arizona, which I'm told is like their powerhouse in Arizona, and becomes this like great high school coach as a high school coach and also a guidance counselor at a high school. This is less than like 15 years ago. Emma Stone, the actress, oh, right? Shit. Fan of her work. Yeah. Pretty good. Great. Her brother is a guy named Spencer Stone. Great name. Dave Ziegler was his coach in high school. Spencer and he was Stone. his guidance counselor. Like all this Stoner. Spencer Stone. Oh, eventually. Eventually. This is what you got to love. Ziegler links back up with McDaniels, gets with him in Denver, and then he gets to New England with him. And like oh, yeah. 15 years later, he's the GM. And everyone's kind of like, all right, what's he going to do? So many GMs are sitting on their hands. So many GMs are like, wow, the salary cap. I don't know. This guy comes out swinging. Chandler Jones trades in Yuki Ngakwe, goes out, gets Devontae Adams. Like, you get a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. First offseason, he makes three of the biggest transactions. I just love that. It's, it's, I think the L.A. Rams kind of set that in motion last year where it's like, what are we doing? Like, let's, let's just go go for it. And I kind of respect the Raiders, and it does feel very silver and black that they're taking this swing. Yeah, so we love oh, it as yeah. well, by the way. And you're talking about a lot of GMs sitting on their hands. <laughs> We've been watching that as well. Mm-hmm. Real close. We've been watching that real close. Let's talk about the Rams. Von Miller signs a 100-year, $6 billion <laughs> contract. Right. That isn't real. I love how these are reported sometimes for some players and not. Uh, but Vaughn Miller going to Buffalo. Brandon Bean just wanted them bad. Were the Rams in that conversation? Were they in that discussion? Because we just yeah. assumed he was going back to L.A. Now he's in Bills Mafia. Game changer. The odds did change for the Bills whenever he got there. He's a playmaker, obviously. Brandon Bean's going all in here. What did you know about Vaughn Miller? That seemed to blindside all of us as well. Yeah, going into free agency, I spoke with the Rams guys, and they had three objectives. They wanted to bring back Vaughn Miller as one, get Note Boom and get Allen on the offensive line. They took care of two and three, and I, I said it on Good Morning Football. Every hour that goes by that Vaughn Miller hasn't been re-signed by the Rams, something is fishy going on here, and it stretched on to three days. Uh, the Bills made this gonzo crazy offer to him where I, I don't think it's the wrong offer. They're looking to get over the top. 
I think the numbers blew the Rams away, and then they kind of found a way to, to match it for a shorter period of time. But by that point, Vaughn's numbers with the Bills, and it wasn't like it was Jacksonville or the Jets. It was the Bills who he viewed as a contender. It was a lot of money, and it was money that the Rams couldn't offer. So I could tell you, McVay called him three different times over the course of a couple hours to try to convince him to come back um, on, on a two-year deal and say, hey, we can get you this much. It's, it's a lot of money. you know. But at that point, Vaughn, Really, essentially, that deal that he signed with with, um, with Buffalo is probably a three year deal. It's a two year deal if you want to look no. at it. No. What six? What six? Six of them. It's really backloaded, but it still was way more money than what the Rams could offer. And at the end of the day, the Rams really tried and they were bummed and they were upset because they wanted Vaughn back. But the second he said he is coming to Buffalo, as to a man, that whole organization was like, all right, that's found money because we we kind of earmarked all that for Vaughn. Now we have money. And, you know, you talk about a team that just says, okay, let's go out and get what we want. They talk to Stafford and Allen Robinson's a Ram right now. And it's like, that's how you respond. All right. So that happens. Let's go make a move. And you'd like to think the Packers are now in that mode where. Hey, hey Woods is on the move. Woods is on the move now because we started thinking like Allen Robinson, Cooper cup, uh, Woods there. I mean, they got Odell. a stack. If the Odell goes back, plus they the- hope to bring back Odell, by the way, I think that's the hope. And last year when they got Odell, it was like eight weeks into the season. It was in November and it took them a couple of weeks to get it. And then it was like, all right, we got Odell. So it's almost like the same deal. If he comes back from the ACL, they love Robert Woods. I think the reports are true that if teams are calling for Robert Woods, they would listen to calls. But they love Robert Woods. They would love to keep Robert Woods. But he's also an expensive wide receiver. And if someone's willing to give them something good for him, I think they would listen. So, like, a team that doesn't have a quarterback yet would still be in the market maybe for a wide receiver? You think, like, most teams that don't have quarterbacks yet, but they have seven fucking pro bowlers that didn't make the pro bowl. What did Telesco tell you? Trust Chris Ballard well, and Frank okay. Reich. Trying to. Does. Listen, I love Chris Ballard, okay? That's Southern speaking. He's given us great interviews over the years. He's been a fantastic person to me personally. I've never worked for him. I have a lot of respect for Frank Reich. He was my quarterback coach my rookie year in the NFL, okay? Cool. I, have, I have a lot of respect for these guys. With that being said, we lost to Clonton and did not make the playoffs, <laughs> and now we don't have a quarterback, and we just – it's a very – but, hey, that's what March is all about. You know, it's about the madness on the court and the insanity in the NFL. Yeah. Tone Diggs has a question for you, Shregs, if that's okay. Yes, sir. Shregs, I don't know if you've done your insider job on these guys or not, so it's a risky question. Uh, but there's still some big new, big name guys out there like Wagner, Honey Badger, other defensive Gilmore. guys, Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard any about these other bigger names and where they can go? I don't, and I, and I think there might be a little more time. for them. I remember a couple of years ago, um, we had similar thing with like, you know, uh, an Earl Thomas and it took a couple of days and, and, and Matthew Judon a couple of days, a couple of years ago, last year, it took a couple of days. Like, I think a guy like Wagner, who's 31 years old, um, I think the, the dust will settle a little bit. You're always going to get those, those big young free agents on day one. And then you're going to get those next guys. And that was Chandler Jones and Von Miller on like day two or day three. But I would expect um, Honey Badger, Gilmore, and Bobby Wagner to get signed in the next few days. But I, I had a feeling that none of those three were going to be day one types where everyone's going to you know, swing for the moon for those guys because of the stage they are in their career. What about the Colts, dude? <laughs> Ooh. You know? I don't know. I don't know. And I said something like on Good Morning Football that like Colts fans got really pissed about. I, I said, you know, you Christian Kirk – Christian Kirk is going to make four years, $72 million. And everyone says that he's 25. And they're like, and I said, he'd be the number one wide receiver for the Colts. And like Michael Pittman 
army came after me and I'm like, all right, I, I like Michael Pittman, but like, is it so crazy to say that he's not your bona fide number one wide receiver? And there are guys out there, maybe Michael Pittman will eventually be your number one wide receiver, but I don't come out of this season thinking he's one of the top 10 guys in the league. So you'd like to see them active at the wide receiver position. And then the quarterback yeah, spot, if they play their cards right, sure. they'll still have an option of, of going after a Mariota, Jameis, or trading for a Matt Ryan if Hell Deshaun yeah. does end up in Atlanta, or a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Baker Mayfield You're in the same place you were in. Okay. I, you know, The only name that they really oh, lost yeah. out on in this whole thing was Trubisky, who out of the Russell go Wilson. was signed with Pittsburgh. Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, Russell Wilson wasn't coming That's there. Cause Why? He wanted Wanted to go to Denver. Denver was the team. I don't know how active or how many conversations they were had, but he didn't go there. And he's, he's Jim Mercy, fly the fucking plane to Russell's house. One time, Jim. Golly. Give him Smoke's house. Ursay's not building like the Rockies in Indianapolis. Or just legalizing marijuana. Does Russ Boom. like marijuana? Is that why you want to go to Denver? Not his thing. Straight no, arrow. Not you not don't team, know. Team three guys. is probably blowing trees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. I mean, we don't know what the case is. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Shriggs. Uh, just for the record, I do love the nickname Pete. So if you ever come around, huh, just let us know. Uh, but <laughs> I love you. I appreciate it. Love you too, Shriggs. Uh, the Patriots have been linked to L. Collins. And now that, you know, the Bills signs Vaughn Miller and the Dolphins are making moves and the Jets are making moves, can we expect some hope out of New England to go, you know, get an old lineman? Maybe a D lineman, maybe a wide receiver. It's actually a really curious organization this this year. Last year Great they went guns blazing and they went swinging. The biggest question at the combine, and it was kind of done in whispers, who the hell is coaching the offense in New England? Because Bill, Bill is the de facto guy right now. Because obviously McDaniel's is gone. They took Nick Lombardi with him, and the question is like. All right, so the, and then they traded Shaq Mason, who I think is still a very good player and was five years in. You've got a young quarterback in Mac Jones, so no McDaniels anymore, no Mick Lombardi anymore. They did bring in Joe Judge, who's not technically a quarterback's guy, never has been. Is he going to be the one in the ear of a young second-year quarterback in a loaded AFC? No. And then the talent drain, Trent Brown, still not signed by anybody. I guess he's not coming back. Like You go name by name by name. And even the little ones like Brandon Bolden and Jacob Johnson, like those are guys that have been like Patriot guys that Bill has invested a lot of time in. So Lyle Collins, potentially, I've heard his name thrown around there and I've heard his name thrown around in other places. Like I'm not quite sure where we are with the Patriots this year. And I feel like between Ziegler and McDaniels and all the players that have walked out the door this offseason, it's an interesting transition period after we thought last year was a reboot and a recharge for the Patriots. What about Armstead? Why is he not an Indianapolis Colt yet? Is he sticking around with the Saints to see if Deshaun Watson goes there? Again, another player. I mean, it's a guy who NFL.com had as the number one overall free agent. Yeah, what the fuck does NFL.com know, though? They called us one of the losers of uh, Aaron Rodgers going back to uh, the Packers. Pat back to the show. One of the five losers of this deal. Yeah, yeah. What kind of shit is that, Pete? Yeah, what is that? That's a company you work for. What's that about? Didn't know that. That's a controversial take. Um, I would say. Yeah, buy uh, a bum. Okay, four foot six. Shut the fuck up, dude. Never heard of you. (laughs) Wow. I don't know who wrote it. I still don't know his name. He's about yay tall, though. Yeah, he's a little prick. <laughs> yeah, seems so, to run his mouth. So, Armstead, to me, back to Armstead. It's not um, Siciliano, uh, it's some other. Just a little. Yeah. Just shut the, the fuck up, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. Wait, when did this happen? Well, after the yeah, Packers trade, he, he said that uh, that my show will no longer be interesting. 
You know, so we're one of the five losers. It's like, hey, little fella, I'm not you, okay? Yeah. Everything <laughs> that we do is interesting, okay, guy? All right. Smack you in the mouth. All right. What? Now get back into your little baby saddle. <laughs> um, I Armstead. Uh, I don't know. That's it. All right, Ah, Shregs, you're the man. We appreciate yeah. you every time you come by. You're the best. Have an incredible weekend. Keep, please keep us updated on anything that you hear. Always. I love coming on with you guys. Have an awesome weekend. And uh, the same to you, Pat. Let us know. Uh, you got it. I don't, that's AJ, though. AJ hears everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. AJ, yeah. then he smokes a cigar and he's like, oh. Shregs, sure. have fun going to the office on Monday dealing with this character that Pat is killing right here. <laughs> He's on it. There's no way he let, they let you guys, guys let him in boss. the office. No, she's probably my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Schrager. Uh, Tone Diggs has an idea for a giveaway. Hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday Madness. What if they guess the lowest seed? And by lowest, I mean like... 16 would be the lowest seed to win today. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, next team to upset. Yeah. Predict the next upset. There it is. Um, Loyola would count if you put Loyola Chicago in here. Mm -hmm. uh, Montana State would also count. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville State would count. What if there's no up? Just the next one. Yeah, just yeah. the next one. So it could be tomorrow. It could be Sunday. <laughs> All right. Hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday Madness. Put your cash tag in there from Cash App and predict what the next upset will be in this wild March Madness. I don't think it's going to be Loyola. Uh, they're hitting step back threes that are yeah. five, six feet short yeah. at oh. the moment. That's good defense by Ohio State. Angelo Dawkins, one half of the Street Profits, by the way, big Ohio State fan. Uh, he sent me a text saying, Sister Jean's fucking done. Okay. Whoa, wow. <laughs> so, uh, Ohio State fans are feeling very good about themselves, it appears. Smart guy, yeah, of course. They feel pretty good. They, you know, we know it doesn't matter. Whatever happens in regular season doesn't matter. Okay, doesn't matter who can get hot. Hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday Madness, your cash tag on Cash App, and then what team you think will be the next upset. Uh, whoever gets that right will then be put into a random selection to win. Uh, yesterday, you did. Can we buy Final Four tickets? Probably. Ooh, that's a good one. CK. All right, so a couple Final Four tickets. Here we go. All right. With airfare. Wow. Whoa. With airfare. Okay. What airline? Whatever the cheapest. Hopefully the airline doesn't cancel. <laughs> yep. You're probably flying in the middle seat. You're right. getting there, though. If you live in New Orleans, maybe you jump to the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, by the way, wanted to give away the other day a free pick on Hammered Down. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. You get like a free it. pick on Hammered Down. That's pretty good. Okay, so we'll have two winners. With two tickets each okay. and airfare to the final four for whoever gets the next upset accurately predicted with the hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday Madness. Boom. Boom. Pretty Boom. damn good. And we'll give you a couple hundred bucks to spend while you're there. Whoa. Whoa. On Bourbon Street. Greaser. Okay. A couple Bud Light. Couple Bud Light. You can buy Bud Light or any beer, more specifically, more whatever you want to buy. A couple We will not pay for your hotel, though. No. 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 We're no. getting you there. Yeah. Okay? Sleep in, a, in an Uber. Yeah. You figure it out. Got to draw a line somewhere. You should buy one Bud Light with the money, though. At least one. All right. Gumpy has rules. He likes banking policies. He does. We know all right, I'm getting on the road, dude. Hey, Good luck tonight, man. I hope you. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I assume something's going to happen to Ooh. advance your program. Yeah, be careful. Well, I don't know about any of advancing of program or anything like that, but I mean, the hatred you guys have for each other, it seems like. Yeah, something's going to happen. Is he in the building? That. Maybe he's not in the building tonight. Oh yeah, he'd be smart not to be. Hey, if he's not there, there's no problems. 
if, he, if he's a, if he is a currently burying a family member, will you please drive a car and wrap a train around a uh, chain around the <laughs> casket and pull it away? <laughs> classic, all time classic. classic. All-time classic. Greatest wrestling video I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> listen. Yeah. Listen. Who was it? Big, Big Show. Big Show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big Show on the back of the casket. He wrote it. He wrote the casket. <laughs> yeah. I'll do whatever Beautiful. the fuck I got to do. If that guy Who disrespects me, again, probably some genius. Picasso. By the way, it wasn't real. It wasn't wrote. What are you... It happened. It really happened. Yeah. I mean, who came up with the idea? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, you're going to get Big Boss. Big Shakespeare Boss, man. Went out morning of the funeral. Yeah. yeah. Life happened. It's true. I guess God. I don't know. Yeah. It's all, it all, I guess anything's Christ, possible with you and Mr. Plan. Theory. Buddha. Not Mr. He's like a child, that guy. Yeah. He's yeah. a kid. He's a punk. So maybe some Fucking knuckles, loser. Maybe some knuckles. If, yeah. if Michael Cole rips off his suit and he has the singlet and the headgear on, I am there. Is this what, is this what your opponent does? That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what this is? No. It's a precursor to CTE City. Hell yeah. So whenever you see this going, it's a fucking problem. Dead. Turn it up. Yeah, it's pretty intimidating. Come over here and get your first concussion, Hawk. Hey, you see what I did to Austin Theory last week? I did that to you, too. You want to keep running your fucking mouth. Fucking if you keep jumping up on chairs and desks to try to jump on me, I'm taking your legs out as you're in the air. Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to cut me like this? Nah. Yeah. I'm coming down, cuz. Hey, imagine his thought, though, as I'm, oh, shit, this guy's in the air right now. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what I do. I stellar attack. Mm-hmm. I've made a huge mistake is probably what he was like saying. Fucking jungle cat, dude. In that Oculus, too. I mean, these. these oh, yeah. You're like a, like a little macaque taking over the tribe. Listen, I, I'm not scared to climb to and pull power if it has to happen. You know what I mean? And if I'm the macaque that's getting smacked in the mouth by a higher macaque or whatever. You're goddamn right. My macaqueness will fucking alpha your macaqueness. Mm-hmm. Okay? I didn't want to do that. I wanted to talk about the Intercontinental Championship. This yeah. fucking guy comes yeah. waltzing out here. They put a chair down for him, too. I'm like, who's... Who did the, that? The chairperson, by the way, I thought was my guy. I'm like, why Turns are you out. even fucking giving this guy a seat right here? Scumbags. Not supposed to be What here. the fuck? Exactly. Have a little respect for the Intercontinental Championship, too. What are we even doing here? You should have pulled the chair out from underneath when he was about to sit down. There's a wall. Classic schoolboy. <laughs> Should have done that. No, I meant the chair guy should have. If he had a gourd, maybe. What if he's hey, a- the, no? The schoolboys where you, you get Michael Cole on all fours behind him and you push him over. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sweet. That is. That a, would be a sweet tabletop. Move. Yeah, a little tabletop. Stick his head in the he's toilet. Back. Swirlies. Yeah. Why? Oh. I mean, what am I supposed to do? The great thing is all of these things that we're throwing out are legit options. Like this could happen. Bingo. See you, you may, smack you may be giving him a swirly. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm not scared to do it. By the way, beat his ass in a Rolex last week. Nobody said Nobody that. Did, yeah. And boots. Nobody said, and cowboy boots, which I, I got on again. Listen, these aren't meant to be my ass-kicking boots, but I guess they fucking will be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, these are supposed to just be the show Lucchese's cowboy boots. The commentator cowboy. That's what it's supposed to be. But they've turned into my ass-kicking boots, I guess. Sometimes that happens. Not a lot of grip. Hopefully get these things a little tightened up by tonight. Go and get some gravel. Yeah. <laughs> Almost slipped off the desk. Maybe, yeah. Get some pine tar in the bottom of us. Oh, yeah. Some glue. Mm-hmm. Maybe I show up with a bat, too. Oh, might as well. Yes. Because I don't know who's on my side over there, either. Mike wrap Cole's... a bat with a barbed wire. Oh. All right. I don't know if we have enough time for that. Put nails through it. Yeah. Carbon wood. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, Austin oh. Theory, do it. I fucking dare you. You know what I mean? This is a carbon wood. Okay, this thing will bash your fucking brains in, Austin. Yeah. It ain't breaking. <laughs> 
you want to make the WrestleMania or not, fucking stay home, Austin Theory. Is there any truth to the rumor I heard that you're doing one of those um, those tack matches where they put tacks all over the ground? <laughs> a super humming match? I am not. <laughs> I am not a part of that. All right. See you guys tonight. Smackdown. Hammer downs in about 15, 20. Yeah. You all are the best. Good job, Ohio State. I bet a lot of money on them. Up go, Stranger things. We'll see you guys tomorrow, uh, Monday. You guys are the best. Bye.